Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features we have there for you. Uh, They're all totally free. So head on over there to freetalklive.com. Main feature of the site actually allows you to control the content. Uh, You can go and submit pretty much whatever you want. You're surfing around the web. You find something you think is pretty special. You want to share it with our listeners. You just go and submit it as show prep to the Free Talk Live website at freetalklive.com. In fact, we even have a bookmarklet that makes it easier than ever. And then your submission will show up on the front page, or not the front page necessarily. It shows up on the upcoming stories queue. Then other listeners vote on whether they like or dislike it. And if they like it enough, it'll make it to the front page in the top of our website at freetalklive.com. Joining you in studio tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. Now, Mark, uh, right out, I think right off the top of our website tonight, you've got a story regarding a pretty outrageous situation uh, where a teenage girl was apparently raped by a government bureaucrat, and, well, there's a bit of a sentencing discrepancy between, uh, well, she was in court, and tell me the details on this. What's going on? Well, you know, last night on the show, we uh, we had a gentleman call in who had uh, done a certain amount of time as a law enforcement officer, and, uh, you know, it. I'm sure it, it can be difficult, because you just don't hear the message that, uh, that, that Free Talk Live has in too many places, which is... The message, you know, that, that that bureaucrats get a different level of justice than we, the common folk. Mm-hmm. After a little bit of talking with this gentleman, we we, we found a lot of common ground. But um, you know, I, I imagine we we get a certain level of jaded on this show, and it's stories like this that uh, that uh, I think cause that. So this is from rawstory.com. We, I, as you said, I got it off of uh, freetalklive.com, the news aggregator. There, people voted it up. In 2005, 15-year-old Ashley was facing trial in Manhattan Family Court for lying to police after she told officers she didn't know who had assaulted her on the way to school. Trial for lying to the police. Yes. I didn't Now that's interesting because I know that it's illegal to lie to the federal cops, but I guess laws are different around the country as to whether or not it's illegal to lie to the the local boys. Because in some places you can. The government doesn't lie like it when you lie to them, although they make it so that they can lie to you. Right. It's fully legal. In fact, the police are encouraged to tell lies in order to try to trap people and get them to admit to things. As she waited in the court's holding area for her court appearance, they had her locked up. Mm-hmm. Uh, juvenile counselor Tony Tyson Simmons came into the um, came up to the handcuffed girl. Took her to an elevator in the building's basement. And counseled her. And raped her. Oh, raped her. Yeah. Moments later, Ashley, who's withholding her last name for fear of reprisal, probably for good reason, Mm. was in the courtroom being sentenced to 12 months in prison for filing a false police report this week. Wow. Yeah. I would like to, before I go on and and read this next, uh, next line, I want you to try to imagine what this is like. You know, here's a girl told a lie about, uh, you know, because she didn't want reprisals probably. For what, you know, being assaulted on the way to school, they she got filing a false police report. I don't know exactly what the circumstances are. Filing a false police report, not a good thing, especially if it gets somebody else uh, in trouble for what you do. Let's assume that's what happened, because it's it's not very clear about that. Um, Well, actually, says it. She after she told officers she didn't know who had assaulted her on the way to school. So she'd been assaulted in her report. She failed to report who the perp was. 
She so they called himself. that a false report. Yes, and they decided to throw her in jail for 12 months for it. It's crazy. Well, while this whole thing goes on. That alone on, is crazy, in my opinion. The person who, right, <laughs> you know, apparently she didn't want to go after the person. That's her business. Mm-hmm. Um, the, while she's this is getting done, the bureaucrat you know, takes her off into an elevator, rapes her, then drags her into court, says, sit there. Make sure you don't say anything. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the court goes on. They give her 12 months. Imagine just the level of, 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 of stunned. Like, she's not even in her body at that point. Her mind's all over the place. She's just been raped in an elevator by the government. I can't imagine what that's like. It it's must crazy. be horrible. Yeah, it's crazy. That's horrible. Absolutely. This week, Simmons, that's the rapist, was sentenced to 10 years probation for the sexual <laughs> assault on Ashley and two other teens. Oh. Two others. How this is it? three sexual assaults. Let me read the this, this story to you. It's shocking. The verdict- Well, as usual, before you go on, as usual, these government bureaucrats, when they get caught, they'd like you to believe that this was just a one-off. Oh, well, he was just, you know, oh, what was he thinking? And frequently, these are people that have been doing these things for a long time, and they just happen to get caught for whatever reason. The the the, the gentleman last night, and I can't remember his name, uh, who called in, he was a police officer, he um, said something to the effect of that, that he would like us to admit that, uh, that, that bureaucrats, when they were targeted for uh, criminal investigation, were more likely to, like they were going to uh, uh, go after them more vigorously. And I want you to keep that in mind when I read this story. Nonsense. And I called that as nonsense. Well, you know, whatever, whatever it is, that's his experience and it's valid for him. I just want you to understand it's not valid everywhere for everybody. Um, the verdict was a travesty, gro- uh, travesty gross enough to make a blind statue cry, argues an editorial in the New York Daily News. Ashley's ordeal was described in detail in Sunday's Daily News. Ashley expected, Tice, um, expected Tyson, as Simmons was called, to bring her up in the courtroom when she was scheduled to be sentenced for a false, filing a false police report. Instead, the elevator descended into a basement. The 42-year-old counselor pulled down her pants, raped her with the calm and practiced precision that made him all the more terrifying. Mm. He's done this all the time, apparently. When he was done, Simmons pulled her uh, pants back up, and the elevator ascended to the courtroom. He raised an extended index finger to his lips in a mute command for her to say nothing. Just moments after being violated, Ashley was seated next to her mother, and before the judge, she she was too shocked and terrified to report the attack. I got 12 months for filing a false police report, and he got probation for raping me and the others, said the now 20-year-old Ashley. It's absolutely ridiculous. Manhattan's district attorney uh, attorney feels the same way. Of course, he can't do anything about it. There's not doing anything about it. This is an egregious breach of the public's trust, says Cy Vance Jr. As he's quoted in the DNA Info, he uh, called Simmons' sentence the lightest possible under New York law, outrageously lenient. Tony Simmons was a juvenile counselor with the New York City's Department of Juvenile Justice for 16 years. Mm-hmm. wonder how many people he raped in that time. No way to Before know. he was brought up on multiple sex assault charges in 2008, he pleaded guilty to raping Ashley as well as raping a 16-year-old in a pantry, assaulting a 15-year-old in a waiting area. Simmons will be on probation for 10 years and is required to register as a sex offender. Investigators believe the assaults go back a decade to the rape of a 13-year-old in the holding area. The Daily News reported... Not clear whether any charges were ever brought up in the case of the 13-year-old. Um, on Wednesday, the, the Daily News reported that prosecutors never objected to the no-jail plea deal. Hmm. Is this the same prosecutor that was complaining that it was so light? Prosecutors, no. Okay. But, but he's going to get his time on the Daily News saying, mm-hmm. this is outrageous. Hmm. 
He's not going to do anything about it. Right. Because that's what politicians do, people. Prosecutors had demanded jail time for Simmons, a veteran employee of the city who worked for um, troubled teens. But according to a transcript of Monday's hearing, the assistant district attorney in the charge of the case offered no objection to the plea deal. Your Honor, it's my understanding the defendant is willing to plead guilty in exchange for a promised sentence of probation. <laughs> An anonymous source told the Daily News that assistant DA, whatever that guy's name Boy, is. Boy, he must have been uh, scared S-less, right? Because, uh, well, rapists don't tend to do so well in jail. Especially rapists of uh, young people, right? Especially government bureaucrats yeah. that help with the sentencing. Yeah, this is that's the story. But, I mean, just try to imagine. I mean, this is just so outrageous. Here you have this guy who raped at least three kids. Mm-hmm. At least three kids. I knew people that were in jail for having consensual sex with right. people that were this age. And this guy rapes raped them. Him. Three of them walks away, abuses the power of his office, which I feel is just as bad, if not worse. And he's got probation. He registers as a sex offender. Big, fat, hairy deal in a, yeah. in Manhattan. What I mean, you know, New York's what a uh, city of 17 million people, mm-hmm. at least during the daytime. It gets it blows up during the daytime and shrinks at night. There you have it. I mean, what more do you need to see that uh, there's clearly, in many cases, a severe discrepancy to how we would be treated in such a case versus how a government bureaucrat would be treated? 1-800-259-9231. Us and them. You take control. Bring up whatever's on your mind. This is Free Talk Live. Have you ever wished that you could buy, sell, and trade in silver in your community? Dell Valley Silver has a no-cost turnkey setup for you. You recruit six to eight businesses in your area to accept Dell Valley Silver rounds as barter currency, and your wish is granted. You get paid, and you promote the use of real money. This isn't like so many other silver currency setups where it's really just a system to sell high-priced rounds. It's a free market system based on Austrian economics. DellValleySilver.com. DellValleySilver.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves and dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever's on your mind at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features we have on the site. Uh, They are all free for you, including our webcam. You can watch, you can listen, you can chat, because we've got a chat room built into the very same page. As a matter of fact, so head on over to cam.freetalklive.com. You can uh, enjoy the cam there. That's cam.freetalklive.com. Brought to you by memorydealers.com. They offer the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, ZenPaks, and X2s that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP at up to 99% off list price. Memory dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs. In stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery at memorydealers.com. We will go to your phone calls about whatever's on your mind. To the phones and the fun, we uh, will start out with Eddie in D.C. Eddie, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello there. Hello, Eddie. Eddie going once. Eddie going twice. Hey, guys, how are you? Hey, Eddie, what's on your mind tonight? 
Uh, well, you know, I, just, I, I came home and I'm, I'm messing around here on uh, on Facebook in a store. Uh, I've got a couple of friends here that that have said that a uh, an oath keeper up in New Hampshire uh, had their uh, j- him and his wife uh, had just had a baby, and uh, the baby's been uh, confiscated by state agents. Oh boy! Actually, Mark had mentioned something about this during the break, but all we had to go on was, I guess, a, a poor YouTube video of some sort. So, what's do you know any more about it? Uh, well, no, it just—it was under false pretenses that they took the child, according to the video. I, I just watched the video, also. Well, what um, were the false pretenses? Do I mean? Uh, they, they tricked them into thinking that they would. She had been given time, of course, to to hold her new baby, and they had told uh, the parents that they were going to take the baby for some more tests because uh, they, they were wanting to go ahead and discharge from the hospital with their baby. And uh, well, they t- at the hospital, the head nurse. Uh, uh, had told them, well, we're going to do more tests, and, um, mm. and but you go ahead and leave. And uh, the father prote- protested against that, protested against that, and uh, they brought in a detective. And um, and uh, he he is basically was told that uh, because he's a member of a militia, the child is in danger. So that's all I have right now. That's all I've gotten from that. I haven't gotten any written story on it yet. Uh, supposedly it's, it's going down right now. You know, it's horrifying. Um, and I can tell you, this is exactly the reason that I didn't have my child in a hospital. I know it sounds paranoid. It absolutely does. But when we went through the t- for the tour through the hospital, there's signs up all over. New Hampshire law says you must blah, 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 your child, da, 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 da. You know, like what? shots and things mm-hmm. and stuff they they want you to do. And then I ask about it. Oh, well, you don't have to do that if you don't want to. Uh. It says New Hampshire law says you must. Why would they have that sign up if it wasn't true? Well, they bureaucrats tell lies all the time. Uh, indeed. I mean, maybe they do. Apparently, in this case, though, you know, like I just I just found the whole place oppressive and uh, it's and clinical, you know, like they just didn't care that much. <laughs> um, and, you know, what do you think these nurses think? They probably think, well, it's these the law. These, pe- these cops are doing the right thing. And uh, yes, so I decided I'm not doing that. <laughs> and everything, I guess, turned out fine. But um, yeah, it's you it's ended scary. up going with what, what do they call it? A birthing center? Yeah, it's a birthing center. It's uh, you know cheaper too that way. Yes, midwife. Um, yeah, if you uh, if you're dealing with uh, if you're paying for it all on your own. But this is the, this is the trick. You know, if you've got some kind of uh, government uh, insurance or, or employment insurance, then they pay for all this stuff. And at the hospital. Pay, you at have the to hospital. go to the hospital. They're not going to pay for the midwife at the birthing center, likely. I don't know. I mean. So the suggestion is that because this guy is in a militia, that's why they took his kid? Or also because he didn't want them to do all the tests and such or whatever. And the, the, he just wanted to take his kid and go home and the hospital didn't want to release him? That's all we know so far is uh, nothing. I don't know anything. We haven't heard anything. He didn't report anything about the shots or having to get vaccines, anything like that. It's just... Uh, that uh, they came and took his baby uh, because he's a member of the militia. That's wow. it. That's, That's all crazy. I got for you guys. I just wanted to share that. Thanks story for with thanks you. for doing that. Appreciate hearing from you tonight, Eddie. At eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Uh, presumably we'll find out where this went down. And, uh, of course, we're here in New Hampshire. That's where we're doing this show. We made the move here as part of the Free State Project, which we'll tell you more about here in a little bit. And, you know, I'm no fan of uh, the idea of a militia necessarily. I think that they – I don't think there's anything particularly wrong with the idea. It's just that I'm not the kind of person who is, you know, want to go trot around in the woods uh, doing whatever it is that they do, firearms, tests, and 
formations. I don't know. I don't yeah. honestly know exactly what what it entails, but it's kind of focused around violence, and I don't really much care for. Uh, not to suggest that the militias are, are wanting to initiate violence. I think it's preparation but, for defense. Yeah, I'm just not. You know, I'm kind of more leaning towards pacifism. I wouldn't say I'm fully a pacifist at this point yet. I don't I know what a fully a, a pacifist is. I was just having a conversation with a with a Quaker today. I was uh, driving uh, a friend up to a uh, hospital, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> you know, she was in the car. We were talking about you know what does this mean, and. I mean, what is a pacifist? Uh, my question is this. Uh, suppose there's a raving madman with an axe running at me. All I have to do to keep him from attacking me and my family is shut the door. I've taken an action that prevents harm mm-hmm. from happening. Have I violated some pacifist oath? I mean, I didn't actually take action against well, the man. Right. Pacifists are against violence, right? Well, what's violence? Well, to do some sort of harm in order to... Uh in order to put a stop to something would be violence. Well, right? I I restricted that man's freedom of of uh, motion. You know, I mm-hmm. mean, <laughs> that's that's the reality of the situation. By closing the door, I have uh, restricted for uh, for him some freedom of motion. What did your Quaker friend have to say? Uh, she, she certainly understood. We were t- you know talking about it. She you know the fa- nobody believes in total pacifism. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Even the pacifists uh, will take a certain level of precaution, and taking precautions is antithetical to pacifism. Right. Hmm. I, I can't say yes or no. I don't know much about pacifism except the basic concepts. I, I honestly haven't studied it very yeah, much. But, well, you know. but I, I, can ex- I can accept the idea of using uh, force to stop force. That, that makes sense. Uh, using I force call it to prevent, ret- preventing harm. Using force to retaliate, I think, is problematic. And, and a lot of the folks in the militias are kind of maybe unfairly painted with uh, the idea that they would, I guess, continue the battle, so to speak. Like they would go on the offensive against the people that they considered angry uh, dangerous you know i mean it, yeah. it, it, there's a lot angry of angry things in there and and i would agree with you that there there's you know the there's the feel of of angry in there and if you know if that's tell me i'm wrong though maybe yeah. you're in a militia if that's what's happening for you then that's what's happening for you if it's not it's not but um right. you know, maybe that's, you're that's in a militia and you you know your militia is the happy militia and you know you're not angry i would love to to know maybe i'm completely wrong all that camo well, they the grease paint they have they they paint happy faces on themselves well legally uh, i believe I believe both you and I are in a militia. As uh, U.S. Law, U- U.S. law states that all males under the age of 35 and over the age of 18 are part of the federal militia. Well, the U.S. law <laughs> says all kinds of different things that I don't necessarily subscribe to, right? Yeah, I, mean, we, I agree. We, we didn't consent. I'm sure legally, the U.S. We're in, the, we're in a militia. I'm sure the U.S. law would consider me a taxpayer, even though I do everything I can to avoid paying them. So. I'm what, sure they would. Yeah, 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Take control of the airwaves. 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This Your Family Today tip is brought to you by Ovaltine. Give your kids the nutrition they need to be their best. Visit us at OvaltineUSA.com. Telling your child about healthy food choices is important, but showing her what to eat goes a lot further. Have her help create the grocery list, then bring her to the store with you. Picking out healthy foods together helps kids get in the habit of thinking about what they're eating every day. For more tips like these, visit us at Parenthood.com slash Your Family Today. This 
This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Maybe you aren't able to listen to the show live. Maybe you'd prefer archives. Well, we've got them on the front page. Last week's worth is right there. And then you click into the archive section, and you can go all the way back to late 2006, all free, courtesy of HostGator. I don't have the uh, HostGator thing here. I've got uh, actually quality rentals here. Let me get HostGator. We can talk about HostGator, though. (laughs) We can. HostGator.freetalklive.com. They're a worldwide leader for web hosting. They make it easy for you to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. If you uh, go through HostGator.freetalklive.com, you'll get your first month completely free of web hosting. It doesn't matter whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website. You can let the experts at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com host you. Thousands of templates. And it's 130% powered by wind energy. They're actually creating energy over there at HostGator.FreeTalkLive.com. All right. So 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. As always, you can bring up whatever might happen to be on your mind. And a little bit of good news little bit of good news. Uh, we've talked a lot about Illinois. Well, I mean, a lot, but certainly more about Illinois' budget situation on this show has been discussed than most of the, the states. California and Illinois are in the two, probably two of the worst shapes uh, right now across the country as far as their state budgets are concerned. Uh, obviously, states are falling down like dominoes on this issue, though, I'll tell yeah. you. The economic downturn is making it more difficult to collect taxes from people. They just don't have as much uh, to go on. The state governments, of course, don't want to cut back. It, individuals have to cut back because, well, we can't just steal money from people. They barely even know how to do that. I mean, a government cutting back, they, they don't know how. When they can just raise taxes and take yeah. people's houses away if they don't pay. Uh, so we're going to get to uh, some of the details on that here in a moment. So there's a little bit of good news. But first, to the phones and the fun, we've got Fred on the line listening to WCER in Ohio. Hello, Fred. Hello. How are you doing this evening? Fred, what's on your mind tonight? Okay, we need American patriots to show up at a rescind and repeal party our October 23rd, 12 noon to 4 p.m., Washington, okay. D.C. What is this for? Exact location in Washington D.C. Go to ObamaCrimes.com. What is, what, I'm sorry, a little confused. What is going on in in D.C.? It's a rescind and repeal party. What are you October rescinding? The, what are you repealing? Uh, Mr. Obama. You're going to the res- whole thing. You're I going mean, to rescind the man you, himself. You're that's gonna, what we're, we're intending to do. How and it's, uh, are you talking about trying to uh, somehow unpresident him to remove him from office? Is that what you mean? But when you say that's what it's all about, October twenty okay. third, twelve to four p.m. You got to go to obamacrimes dot com to, to find out the exact location. Okay, but I want to just ask you questions. I don't want to go to a website. We're on a radio show, so we've got questions. Sean, did you have a question here? Yeah, my question is if if uh, Obama ceases to be president, as I understand it, the vice president Joe Biden becomes president. Why do you think he would be better? Uh, I don't think any uh, any of them up there on top is, and uh, it was on the right. All right so, who would you, if you had your druthers, who would you put in? Me. 
You'd put yourself that, in? <laughs> same here. But besides yeah. that, we have a national intel report. Would you like to hear that? No, just give me one moment on the uh, the intel report. So uh, so let's say that uh, Ray, or excuse me, not Ray, Fred in uh, in Ohio was actually able to become the president of the United States of America. It's a, heck, uh, it's a, tall, t- it's a tall feat. You uh, replace uh, Obama and then what? Well, then you straighten up our country. What are you going to do? Uh, first off, you get rid of the free trade crap. Then you no get free rid trade. Of the, then you get rid of the Federal Reserve Board. Hmm. Then you get rid of the UN. No, I like the idea of getting rid of the Federal Reserve and the UN, but uh, or at least withdrawing from it. You probably can't get rid of it. Uh, but what, why do you want to get rid of free trade? What's wrong with that? What's wrong with it? Yeah. Uh, if you listen to what Bernanke says, uh, then I'll, uh, then we can go back to that. On National Intel Report. No, Bernanke, no, I'm asking you what's wrong with it. I don't want to talk to Bernanke. I don't care what he has to say. I'm asking, I'm asking Fred because, like I said, I don't agree with the Federal Reserve. So I'm with you on that one, Fred. But We're, what's wrong with free trade? Over, huh? We are over to $150,000 for every man, woman, and child in this country in debt. So we are... Well, wait a minute. How is what, it that, that I has nothing to do with trade? Yeah, what's debt have to do with trade? Yeah. What? First of all, how did I acquire that debt? I don't have that debt. I'm not in debt. You're talking about the government's money that they spent. Uh, that's not my debt. That's theirs. Uh, but aside from that, let's get the the let's stick on the issue here of free trade. You said you wanted to get rid of free trade. Why would you want to do that? Because, like Lincoln said back when they was building the railroad, he says if we let England build the rail. We'll have the rail, but they'll have our money. And if we build the rail, then we will have the rail and the money. Would you describe yourself as a protectionist, then, that uh, you would like to restrict people from... I would describe myself as American patriot. Hmm. Well, I thought of being an American... Fred, excuse me. I thought that... Fred, I thought that being an American was all about uh, freedom and uh, being able to run one's life how one wants, uh, you know, being able to trade with whomever one wants and do business with whomever one wants. And and you're saying that's not true. You're saying that in order to be a true American from Fred's perspective, one has to essentially prevent doing any kind of trade with the rest of the world. Uh, Are you acquainted with H.R. 3534? Heck no. I don't read that crap. That's in the Senate right now, and that gives the Great Lakes and all of our rivers over to the U.N. So why is a House resolution in the Senate? (laughs) What? H.R. 34, whatever other, H.R. means House resolution. Get it straight, Sean. Why is it in the Senate? (laughs) Why is it in the Senate if it's a House resolution? H.R. 3534. It's like talking past somebody here. (laughs) Fred, uh, what is it that, I'm just curious, what... What's the the big deal? Now, look, I don't think we have free trade right now, so it's not like you can just get rid of free trade. It doesn't exist. Uh, trade is highly regulated and taxed, and there's lots of uh, import and export taxes and things like that. You're saying you support all that and you want more of it. You want to actually – would you our, say hmm? – Our Congress our – They're Congress, not my Congress. Our, your Congress – Nope, they're had, not mine. I didn't elect them. Had two jobs. One was in charge of commerce. Hmm. The other was in printing of the money. The printing of the money they gave up in 1913. So you think the government should print the money itself, not the Federal Reserve? Correct. We would owe no Boy, interest on that. What this makes money. you think that? <laughs> right, because the because the politicians are going to do a heck of a lot better job than the bankers of deciding exactly how many little be- green pieces of paper to print. 
politicians will print all the little green pieces of paper they can get away with. And if you were no, the- no, 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 it was not. Uh, okay. The fact is that a dollar is a measurement of silver. So when the politicians began printing money rather than having a, a, a true measure of value as far as money, they started lying. So I do not want to give them that power. A, uh, you know, the only money is real money, and that is you know, something of, of value. Well, you know, Fred, it started, I thought we started off on the right foot, at least partially when you said that you were against the Federal Reserve, but now I find out that you're actually in favor of uh, centralized, uh, you're in favor of a central bank just being run by the government. No, I'm not in favor of a central bank. No. I'm in, uh, in favor of running our government by the Constitution. Well, what would Congress you call it? A, what would you call Congress? it? Excuse me. Go ahead. What would you call the government printing out its own money? That's not a central bank. That's like a central no, money uh, printing Ken- press. Do you know that Kennedy made his own money? Do I care? Are you aware of that? Do I care? He's would just care? another politician, Fred. Why would I care what he did? Uh, John F. K. Uh, John F. Kennedy wasn't a politician. John F. Kennedy was a politician. He's just another politician. Why would I care about what he did? He printed his own money. Good and for him. Printed, you can print your own money, too. Why, why, what would be wrong, Fred, in your mind? Maybe you would agree with me on this. Let me throw it out there. What would be wrong with just allowing the marketplace to handle money instead of the government? Okay, well, let's go back to JFK for a minute, please. Mm-hmm, sure. He printed his own money because we didn't have to pay interest on that money. And I don't have to pay interest on <laughs> So you, you keep saying we as though we're the paying the interest. For it all these years. Go ahead, please. Thank you, Fred. I appreciate the call tonight. Uh, enjoy your fantasies about how you want to control everything. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. We'll talk a little bit more about why what Fred talks about won't work. Coming up, Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the features you will find there free. Uh, freetalklive.com. Oh, by the way, if you want to help support the show, you can go to promote.freetalklive.com. Get a whole list of things you can do to get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country. Bring more internet listeners on board with the show and expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Go to promote.freetalklive.com. That's promote.freetalklive.com. We're going to go back to the phones here, uh, but real quick, I just wanted to touch a little bit further on to what Fred uh, was, was pointing out there, and we kind of uncovered Fred as just another individual who thinks he knows what's best, and if you put him in charge, he believes that his system would work. And uh, Fred is, it's unfortunate that so many people are this way, but a lot of people are. They've been taught in the government schools that, well, all you have to do is just get your ideas in. What are your ideas, kids? If you could pass a law, what law would it be? Did anybody ever do one of those assignments when they were in government school? 
I, I don't, don't recall it specifically, but I'm sure I did. Yeah. I don't think so. They do that stuff these days. Maybe they yeah. didn't do it uh, back when you were in school, Mark. And I don't recall it myself either, but we know from hearing from people on the show that those things uh, those things do go on. Because kids are, are trained to believe that they solve the problems of society with the government. Something's wrong, kids? Just pass a law. Uh, and, of course, the, the fantasy of all those people that think they know what should be done is that, well, maybe I would get in charge or somebody who's like me uh, would get in charge. So we kind of fed into that by asking Fred, well, if you could get rid of uh, Barack Obama, which is what his original call uh, was about, some sort of rally to get rid of Obama, uh, that, uh, well, 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 who would you put in his place? Well, me, he said. And so he wanted to uh, he, he wanted to have the government take over printing money. And the reason why was because he believes that's supposed to be the constitutional thing to do. But just because it's constitutional doesn't make it a good idea. Look at the post office, for an example. Uh, the Constitution has all kinds of flaws. Well, the Constitution, actually, I, I believe it's post roads that uh, it allows, not necessarily mm, I the post office. I believe there is both. I believe it's, okay. I believe it's both. Um so, but they could have one post office and one post road, and they would be fulfilling the job of of the Constitution. However, they they've grown these things to the point that there's one in every little tiny borough across the nation. They have. And, and it's it's just completely uh, insolvent. As far as printing money goes, uh, Congress actually doesn't have a constitutional authority to print money. It has the authority Except to, the weights and measures, right? It has the authority to coin money. Hmm. which is making metal coins, and it only has the authority to make gold or silver money. So the entire thing... Still a are, bad idea, yes. though, right? I mean, we don't, you don't want to put government bureaucrats in charge of something right. as important even as if, money. Even if that was their, their, their role... Can you uh, it, taking it out of the roles of banker uh, out of the uh, the hands of bankers who have their own incentives and everything and the reason that they print money and and, and charge the the government interest and all the stuff that they do and all the things he said are true in that regards and then give it to the Congress so that we we the American people I guess the the, the taxpayers of America don't have to pay pay it back at interest. Well, it's it's still the uh, incentives of Congress. Suppose Congress uh, decides, well, we're having trouble with Social Security. Let's just print a bunch of money and pay off the Social Security people. Well, they're going to do that. But then the value of the currency diminishes when they just add more currency to the pool. So they're, they're, <laughs> they'll keep on paying for all their little pet projects and essentially have a, uh, a, an invisible tax. Right. You do and not want Congress to have the ability to print its own money. Which they pretty much do. That is the purpose of the Federal Reserve. And to pretend otherwise is silly. The Federal Reserve was set up fully with the, the, you know, the appreciation of Congress. Right. The sure. government- if Congress didn't like what the Federal Reserve was doing, it'd stop them in a second. Yeah, the Federal Reserve exists for the benefit of Congress. They can go to these people and get more money. Sure, his point about, okay, well, they're paying interest. Well, so what? That doesn't... <laughs> The interest comes from you and I anyway. Right. They already don't care what your labor right. is worth. Um, so why would they start caring if you gave them the power to print? No. It wouldn't change. All you would be doing in that case would be rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic. Right. The government should get out of the business of making money. The government doesn't know how to do anything right. So why in the world would you give it a, uh, a role that's so important as making currency? And the marketplace co- should decide. People should decide what they want to take as uh, something in, in exchange for something else. So, But then according to Fred, um, another offensive portion of what he was saying was that it's American to not trade with other people, to not have free trade. So essentially, if I wanted to go and buy, like I think actually Sovereign Currency, 
Curtis, uh, who's been on the show a few times, is putting together an order of some flags. He's doing the uh, the Free State Project porcupine flag, which if you're at cam.freetalklive.com, you can see it hanging in the background in the studio. He's doing that flag, except he's ordering him them himself, right? He's basically taking the pattern and creating them, and he's going to sell them at half the price as what the Free State Project is selling them. So he's he's essentially uh, contracting with a Chinese flag making company, and he's getting a bulk buy on some some flags that are going to essentially he's just basically knocking off the uh, the, the Free State Project flag, and Fred would have some sort of punishment in mind for doing business like that. Fred would say that if you want to make that flag, you need to have it made here in this country right. by Americans. Fat, lazy white people that want to get paid $55 an hour and have a pension. Yeah. And so Fred would likely, if we had him still on the phone, he would likely come up with some sort of punishment for Sovereign Curtis for daring to do business with those darn Chinese. How dare he? He's anti-American. Well, I thought it was American to do business with whoever the hell you wanted to around the world. I thought American meant freedom. But apparently uh, it doesn't, according to Fred and the people like him. Let's go to your phone calls at 800-259-9231 and talk to Ray, listening in Washington. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Ray. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I'm going to straighten out some of those numbers that Fred just spit out about how much each individual owns. But let me first say about having a child out of a hospital. I'm much older than you guys. And in 1980, when my daughter was born, which I think is about your age, Ian. That's correct. 30 years old. Okay. She was born in a house just outside, just in Seattle, right off the university district by midwives. And at that time, it was about $800, and it was my wife's choice. And then my son was born next, and he's 27 years old now. And these are very healthy kids. It was a very natural way to have a child. And uh, even the second time, I had insurance by the second time because I worked for somebody. I had insurance, and they paid the $800. But I think at that time, it was probably around $10,000 to have a baby in the hospital, which you're right. They had control. If they wanted to take your baby away, they didn't. My wife and my son had, that, had my son, and, of course, I assisted in the birth, which means I actually did nothing but sit there and watch her scream for a while. But uh, she was home within four hours after that, and we were having a normal lunch like nothing ever happened. It's a very natural thing. So anyways, I just, uh, Did you have, Mark, you said that you had a natural childbirth. It sounded like at a birthing center, and I, you know, it's a great way to go, and you're, I'm sure you're pretty happy with it at this point. Yeah, every, everything went well. Did you uh, get, get your children vaccinated, and how does, how's that going at uh You know, they, I did all of that stuff after okay. the fact, a okay. while after the fact, before they went to school and stuff, but, you know, you had to. At what you age? Had to do, yeah, you had to do it before they could go to school. At I what believe. age did you do it? Uh, gosh, I don't quite remember, but it must have been before five because they had to have it before school. Okay. I was just, you know, if, if I were going to do those things, I would do them likely at an age like that because, you know, you, you, the, the horror stories are that the, you, That's know, right. you have a healthy child and then suddenly they get the shot and, and, uh, you know. Yeah, I can remember my wife was a real thrill because, you know, essentially I know what group and age you guys are in. And of course we just came out of the hippie age. We were the, you know, the beginners of the earth news and stuff like that. So we were all into, you know, trying to do things the right way and the old ways and stuff. Um, but let me straighten out some of those numbers of that gentleman just called in. Sure. You know, I, I, I'm a businessman. I, you've heard me talk. I know a lot about a lot of things. And anybody just go to usdebtclock.org, and that number is not 150000 like he said, per taxpayer. The number is $43,000 per 
Okay, per I still don't know it. <laughs> it's not it would mine. be 121. Right. But per person is what he said is forty three thousand dollars that we yeah. owe per piece. I don't but know. That it. Does, I, you, I, you're right. You don't know. It. <laughs> you know the only person who owes those are the person who is buying U.S. Treasury debt. So if you're holding U.S. Treasury debt and they decide to welch on you. That's it. You lost. Yep. But come and collect it. Listen, I'm, going, I'm coming to CE, and, and I, want, I need that $43,000. Am I going to get it from you? No way. That's right. And you're not, in fact, I'll tell you what. Because I told you I was a businessman, and there's been times in my life when I've made some serious amount of money, it, when the debt was $27,000, I paid my share off four times in one year. So I'm, mm. I'm out of it anyways. I don't know any of that. I've I, I done paid them up a long time ago. Ray, thanks for the call tonight. I appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You know, uh, a horror story as far as vaccines go, a friend of mine was telling about uh, his dad getting the polio vaccine. He went to work healthy in the morning, got the uh, vaccine at at noon, uh, came home sick in the afternoon and was dead by 7.30 p.m. You could say it's all a coincidence, but... You know, there's stories like that that scare the heck out of you. I mean, you know, that guy has to send, has to get his kids vaccinated before he sends them to school. There's more coming up here. Hour number two is on the way. You take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. It's Free Talk Live. How long can you hold your breath? <sighs> Not long. After air, water is the most critical factor for life. There are dozens of toxic substances in tap water, even pharmaceutical drugs that city processing can't remove. Sadly, most bottled water isn't much better. The chemicals in the bottles themselves are a serious health concern and a huge environmental problem. Filtering your own drinking water is the logical answer. You'll have a much better quality of water and save a bunch of money, too. Aquasana filters are thorough and more affordable per gallon than even pitcher-type filters. Aquasana is consistently voted the best choice by Consumers Digest. The filters are easy to use and install. Call 866-NO-BOTTLE to order or link online through freetalklive.com. If you'd like a 20% discount, and who wouldn't, when ordering online, use the discount code FTL. Again, that's FTL. Or call toll-free 866-NO-BOTTLE and tell them we sent you to get a great discount on all Aquasana products. Drink smart. 1-866-NO-BOTTLE. This is Free Talk Live, and you take control of the airwaves toll-free. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Bring up whatever's on your mind. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We'll give you the features on the site free, so head on over there and enjoy those on us. In fact, uh, you can enjoy stuff like our bulletin board system where you can get interactive with other listeners. bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll get you there. That's bbs. Dot freetalklive.com. Joining you tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. All right, so I said we got a little bit of good news uh, for you here tonight, and one of them is out of an unusual place, Illinois. Normally you don't hear much good news coming out of Illinois, especially good news related to taxes coming out of Illinois. Because the last we talked about Illinois, they were having a serious problem, uh, wherein they were, as I recall, borrowing a few billion dollars, I think it was, to pay off... The, uh, the, the essentially employees, the, uh, pension, the pension funds. funds, right? So they've made all these promises to their employees in the past, and they've said they, you know, oh, we're going to pay uh ninety percent of what 
what you were earning every year for the rest of your life, or whatever arbitrary amount they'd, uh, they'd selected. And it's an incredible burden on the Illinois taxpayers. In fact, the burden is so extensive that Illinois government can't afford to pay for it at this point in time with the, the economic downturn. And so they only have a few options. And because government moves kind of slowly, in fact, pretty slowly, uh, they, they haven't been able to implement the options that they need in order to cover the difference. So they haven't raised the taxes enough in order to extract enough of uh, Illinoisans. Is that right? Illini. What? Illini. Illini? For real? Yes. Illini, the Illini's wealth to pay off these debts. I just say Illini wealth. Okay. Uh, so... <laughs> So they uh, so they haven't raised the taxes enough. They certainly haven't cut the government at all. And so they've had to, to borrow money. So I was shocked to see this story coming out of NBCChicago.com. Consider this refreshing, says NBC. The village of Schomburg bucked the national trend of raising taxes and fees to cover rising expenses when its board unanimously approved a 4.4% reduction to the 2010 property tax levy. That's right, a reduction. But that's not all. Village officials also did away with vehicle sticker fees and moved to have property taxes cover garbage removal. The tax reduction is actually part of a plan. Village bigwigs promised to reverse the property tax when officials first established it last year to brace against the sagging economy. The village traditionally hasn't employed a property tax. Now officials say revenues from hotel and sales taxes were large enough to cover their nut, so they don't need the property tax to make ends meet. The proposed tax levy for 2009 was 2. Point, excuse me, 23.7 million. In 2010, it's just 22.7 million. That means a homeowner with a $250,000 home will pay about $12 less than last year. Couple that with $180 in savings from the garbage fee and $20 a year for village stickers, and some residents will experience a nice boost. Schomburg is an anomaly among Illinois municipalities. Others like Gurney and Orland Park are raising taxes and fees wherever they can. Northbrook, which has seen an increase in sales tax revenue, stood pat. The measures still need to be discussed in a few more municipal meetings before a final vote on November 9th. But an unusually pleasant story coming out of an unusual place. Yeah, you know, um, I've, I've certainly heard of Schomburg. It's uh, one of those, uh, I believe, western suburbs of um, it's, it's in Chicagoland. But, you know, it's it's hard when a municipality – for a municipality to compete because it has to be a really big competition. Um, when you're talking about people picking up their lives and moving, jobs are geographically placed as are, mm-hmm. you know, friendships, family. All these things are, are important for your geography. And, and you you're, – you're, so you're kind of stuck in a way. So if you can save $1,000 by picking up and moving to the next town over – Somebody might do that if it didn't cost them ten thousand dollars to move. To move. Yeah. So um, you've you've got this. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Built-in cost to moving that's very difficult to offset. So if you're talking about say somebody who lives in uh, you know New York or New Jersey or something like that, they've got uh, incredibly high property taxes, say twelve thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. A friend of mine does <laughs> actually a, a, a you know a sponsor of the show I've talked to. He's got. Uh, Twelve hundred, twelve thousand five hundred dollars a year is his is his property tax. Mine's thirty three hundred. I've got a eleven acre wooded lot uh, with a cabin on it or or whatever, and I'm sure he's got a big nice house. It's it's a big difference, but 
you know, it's <laughs> can his family's there and all that stuff. It just costs a lot to change these things. Yeah. Well, so what you're what you're saying then is that the governments certainly, while they're to some extent competing with one another, it's not any kind of instant gratification thing where if they make a change, there's going to be a big influx of residents or a big exodus of residents immediately. Over time, they will trickle out sure. and, and, and or trickle in. I mean, look at Detroit, for instance. Well, businesses, yeah, and businesses find that they, they have these, uh, these tax-free zones, these enterprise zones that they put, put in. Businesses will definitely move into them when they're looking for places to move. Yeah. But it takes a while. It takes time. You know, it's, yeah. when, if, you've, if you've ever moved your home, it's nothing. Uh, moving your business is ten times that, especially if you've got a big business. If you've got an, clients, it's incredible. You can fill eighteen wheelers in. A, if <laughs> the uh, the guy who who makes Totasac that we used to mm-hmm. advertise at Totasac.us. He moved his business. It's an incredible amount of equipment. I went. I took the tour. It's all these manufacturing things. Each one of them costs oh God, like yeah. the, you know. They, each one of these machines costs more than uh, a brand new car does. And what's it cost to move something that heavy and that big? And- right, Scott. <laughs> I couldn't tell you how many thousands of square feet in his manufacturing facility. Just incredible to pick up and move. So it, the, and, the incentive has to be very, very high. Right. And when you've got pretty much every municipality within a certain range of uh, radius yeah, they tend that to are be, raising taxes. Act, act similarly, yeah. Then you go along with the flow. Usually they'll do, well, everybody else is raising taxes, so we can get away with raising taxes and we don't have to worry about losing anybody. In this case, Schomburg might actually see a few moves, uh, people coming in there as a result of of lowering things, if that's uh, if that's what they're doing. Of course, then again, as the the article it's a pretty good sized place. They call it a village, but it's uh, it's it's not a it's not a small place. What they call villages there in Chicago land tend to be pretty big big places. As they uh, they point out, though, they didn't have property tax before last year, so uh, they, they didn't have it. I think that's what they uh, what they said there. How could that be possible? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. But uh, according to the story, they they had to. I think they had to add the property tax. Village traditionally has not employed a property tax. Hmm. So, good question. As to how they did that, I don't know. Uh, but nonetheless, so they have raised taxes in general recently. But, you know, at least they're they're bringing them back down while everybody else is going up. It's worth mentioning, right? I mean, it's a little bit of good news. Yeah, sure. Anytime, to, anytime right. taxes go down, it's, a good, it's good news. Right. Because that's yep. what it's all about, is yep, the us funding. Nice, us nice politicians, after we decided to rob you more last year, we're going to rob you a little less. Rob you, little less. Rob you less this right. year. Right. Yeah. Now, 10% less robbery. 800-259-9231. Oh, other good news. This one's been sitting in my show prep for a couple of weeks now. And I think it's really big, really big news, actually. This is way bigger than the Schoenberg story. A Toronto judge, according to thestar.com in Canada, a Toronto judge has struck down Canada's prostitution laws. Yeah, that's, uh, I saw that one. Saying that's a big deal. Provisions meant to protect women in residential neighborhoods are endangering sex workers' lives. If Justice Susan Himmel's decision stands, prostitutes will be able to communicate freely with customers on the street, conduct business in their homes or brothels, and hire bodyguards and accountants without exposing them to the risk of criminal sanctions. The Superior Court judge suspended her ruling from taking effect for 30 days to give the government time to consider how to address the potential consequences, including the emergence of unlicensed brothels. Justice Minister Rob Nicholson, which, by the way, the brothels are already out there, it would just be, they'd be... 
not illegal anymore. Yeah, as opposed to that house everybody knows about, <laughs> it would be that brothel with the sign in the front yard. Right. The uh, superior judge, or excuse me, Justice Minister Rob Nicholson said the federal government is very concerned and is seriously considering an appeal of the 131-page ruling. Alan Young, a lawyer at the forefront of the landmark legal challenge, said it's too early to say whether Tuesday's decision could open the door to Canada going the way of Germany with five-story brothels. But to his client, Terry Jean Bedford, a dominatrix who was convicted in 1998 of keeping a common body house, it was Emancipation Day. And uh, we'll get to a little bit more about this particular story and why it matters. It really is an important uh, piece. And if this uh, holds, then it'll be great news for the entirety of Canada. Instead of just being a, a little place like Amsterdam or something like that, or a relatively small country like Germany, Canada's a pretty big place for people to go and get themselves a prostitute. More coming up, Free Talk Live. Have you been thinking about starting a website? I'm going to tell you about a great offer from HostGator. HostGator is a worldwide leader for web hosting, and they make it easy to get your own .com domain name. You create your very own website with their free site builder tools and templates. Sign up at hostgator.freetalklive.com to receive your first month completely free. Whether you want a personal blog or a complete e-commerce business website, let the experts at hostgator.freetalklive.com host you. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Bring up whatever's on your mind, 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com and enjoy the various different features we have there. They're all free for you, including our mobile site. If you've got one of those smartphones, you can go to m.freetalklive.com and get quick access to things like our live streams or podcasts, m.freetalklive.com. Of course, uh, it's all free, so enjoy it. 1-800-259-9231. So, Mark, tell me what you can do if you've got a court case and you're like me and you just don't really enjoy the idea of paying lawyers a whole bunch of money. You know, um, I've got a a speeding ticket coming up, and it seems to me that it's worth making them just go through the trial. Even if they're going to find me guilty, I want them to go through the trial. I want to hit them with a flurry of motions. Uh, just make them make them earn that uh, that money that they're going to get out of me as far as the uh, the, the ticket goes. And I'm going to use uh, jurisdictionary.com. It's not a method as much as just teaching you how the uh, judicial system works, because this is not something that they teach you in school. I mean, something that's so important to Americans as the judicial system, and they don't teach you much of anything about it. They want lawyers to have this this virtual monopoly on on uh, uh, d- dealing with the judicial system. Well, not jurisdictionary.com. Created by a, an attorney who wants to teach you how to protect yourself from people uh, with, from his profession. It's jurisdictionary.com. It's a four CD course. You can the average eighth grader can go through it in the, the a single weekend. Check them out at jurisdictionary.com. All right, 800-259-9231. You can bring up what you want. A little bit more on what's going on with uh, Canada. Some great news out of a superior court there where a judge has decided that prostitution should be legal. Uh, according to the story here at thestar.com, uh, this, uh, the, the, it is going to be appealed, uh, from what I understand. Or, excuse me, it's not going to be appealed. They're, they're just... 
I guess there's a 30-day window in which the government has to consider how to address that. Uh, Alan Young, a lawyer at the forefront of the landmark legal challenge, said it's too early to say whether Tuesday's decision would open the door to Canada going the way of Germany with its five-story brothels. But for Terry Jean Bedford, the dominatrix who was convicted in the late 90s of keeping a common body house, it was Emancipation Day. How am I going to celebrate... I'm going to spank some ass, Bedford said, cracking a riding whip, uh, riding whip rather, told reporters. What? <laughs> what? That's crazy. She's a dominatrix. All right. That's what she does. Bedford and prostitutes Valerie Scott and, Ar- and Amy Lebovich took on the legal might of the federal and provincial governments. Their battle waged on a shoestring legal aid budget and the volunteer services of expert witnesses and lawyers. Scott said the decision means sex workers no longer have to worry about being raped, robbed, or murdered. And... That's absolutely true. And the reason why is because of the black market. Whenever you take a product or service and you prohibit it, as has been done with prostitution here in the United States and until now in Canada, it drives it underground. It doesn't go away. And uh, it's, you know, what's interesting, we've uh, been having some conversations about this over at Freekeen.com with uh, one of the local uh, trolls. And it's... She just doesn't get it. It's really silly. Basics about prohibition. You can have sex legally. You can work for money legally. Mm -hmm. But if you combine the two of these things together, somehow it's bad. And it's going to to, uh, be a terrible thing. What it, in fact, does is knock out one of the legs of the sex drug violence triangle uh, because so many so many girls are out there you know they, they're addicted to drugs and that's why they go about doing the the prostitution thing and you you get this whole big mess as a result it's uh it, it'd be far better off for everybody if this was put in the marketplace then you wouldn't see the uh, diseases getting transferred as as quickly because they'd uh, they'd have to be certified i'm sure well, you could get different levels of service if you wanted to. You sure. would, you as the customer, would be able to seek out the sort of uh, protections that you might have been interested in. But right now, when it's a prohibited service, it is underground, and so therefore you get what you get. If you're interested in hiring the services of a prostitute, you you take whatever's offered, and <laughs> that's it. And because uh, there, because it's the black market, there are certain things that happen as a result of that. Whenever something is is prohibited, it's more dangerous. It's true with drugs. It was true with alcohol. It's true with prostitution. It's more dangerous to be a prostitute because some cases you've got really crazy guys, these Johns, that they're interested in beating a woman up, and they know that, or maybe killing her, and they know that if they hire a prostitute. She's not going to exactly go run into the police to report a robbery or something like that if that's what happens or to report her being beaten. So they call How can her. she? I mean, she's a prostitute. Right. She's, what she does is illegal. Right. So if it, what she did was legal. She can. Yeah, well, exactly. The Johns also know that should uh, he accidentally kill the prostitute, the cops are going to say, uh, it's just a dead hooker. We don't have to worry about that too much. There's a good chance of they that, They may very too. well do that anyway um, in, in a situation where it's it's legal. But, I mean, try to imagine the difference between slapping the crap out of a stripper and slapping the crap out of a prostitute. I mean, now you see the difference between the, uh, the, the, the two worlds. Because if you do that to a stripper, bad 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 things are going to happen to you if you do it to a hooker chances are good they're not and if if it's going to happen it's going to come from her pimp and i mean mm-hmm. do you really want that kind of violence in in the marketplace i mean you know that's that's what you're doing when you drive it underground into the black market yeah 
And it's it's so true. But let me get back to the story here from the star. Uh, so not only is it putting the the women that do the work or the men that do the work in, as prostitutes in danger, it also puts the Johns in danger of being robbed as well, having a having having it done in reverse, uh, setting up what they think is going to be a prostitution rendezvous. And when they walk into the hotel room, there's some 300 pound man carrying a club who you know holds them up for their money or beats the crap out of them or both. Mm. Uh, these are stories that are not uncommon in the black market world of prostitution. So uh, putting it in the legal market means that you don't just go to some random hotel room. There's a brothel, a, a permanent location with security, and it's got reputation. And as you said, Mark, they can test the girls, and it makes things a whole lot safer for everybody involved. So, Himmel found criminal code prohibitions against keeping a common body house living on the avails of prostitution and communicating for the purposes of the trade violated the Women's Charter Rights to Freedom and, or excuse me, the Women's Charter Rights to Freedom of Expression and Security of the Person. Uh, so I guess the charter rights are sort of like the Bill of Rights in, in Canada, as I understand it, at least. Uh, rather than making prostitution itself illegal, the federal government has attempted to curtail the trade by criminalizing related activities. Bedford, Scott, and Lebovich argued those prohibitions, uh, prohibitions prevented them from conducting their business in the safety of their homes or brothels and forced them into the hasty street conversations with potential customers with no time to weed out those who might be dangerous. Federal lawyers maintain that prostitution is inherently risky, whether it's practiced indoors or outdoors. So are extreme sports. <laughs> so, so are a lot of activities. I mean, are certainly uh, you know risky. I would I wouldn't argue with that point, but you know people are willing to engage in that risk. The federal lawyers also argue that decriminalizing it would be out of sync with the moral values of most Canadians. Fine. Okay, so they decriminalize it anyway. If the moral values of most Canadians are such that they can't use prostitutes, well, there won't be much of a market. There won't be very many prostitutes. Won't be an issue. But that's just it. People are control freaks. So many people are, they're just obsessed with forcing their morality on everybody else. And that's one of the reasons why we've got so many problems in this world. Because folks can't just honor their neighbor's choices. They can't just leave people be. 800-259-9231. You take control. Bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live amplifiers get access to higher quality archives free of commercial breaks and other perks. Join AMP for just $3 per month at amp.freetalklive.com. Talk Live, and you can bring up anything if you want to. Dial in toll-free and take control of the airwaves. Joining you in the studio tonight, it is Ian. And Sean. And Mark. And you're invited to join us online at freetalklive.com, where you'll find a lot of features, and you'll also find they're free. In fact, the main feature on the site allows our listeners, listeners like you, to create the content of the website. Everything you see there when you visit freetalklive.com was created by a listener like you. You just find something online you want to share with our listeners. You submit it to our website. And then other listeners will vote as to whether they like or dislike your suggestion. And the most liked will make it to the front page and the top of the website, meaning more listeners will see them. We're more likely to see them and talk about them on the air. So head on over there, get interactive, and go to freetalklive.com to do it. We appreciate it. So we're telling you a little bit of good news here out of... Canada, where a superior court has made the decision to strike down the entirety of Canada's prostitution laws. Now, according to the story at thestar.com, Canada actually, it hasn't made prostitution illegal per se. It has simply created prohibitions around the... uh, 
the, the issues that surround prostitution. So there's a prohibition against keeping a common body house or living on the avails of prostitution. Communicating for the purposes of the trade is also prohibited. And so the court has essentially struck down all of this, saying that this is a violation of the the rights of the women and the, the men that are doing the business of prostitution. Uh, that uh, that essentially that they've got this charter rights to freedom of expression and security of the person, as it is called up in Canada. And so it's been smack, uh, smacked down. The federal lawyers are saying this is this is terrible. Prostitution is risky and it's immoral. And some Canadians would think it's immoral. Most Canadians would think it's immoral. And so therefore it should be illegal because all things that are immoral should be illegal by that particular viewpoint. And I don't know. Once you step beyond the line and like the the line of is somebody harmed directly, quantifiably harmed, then you go into this big netherworld of anything that you do, somebody can outlaw. Look, there's all kinds of activities that people do around the world and around the nation that I don't agree with and I don't think that they should be doing them. Mm -hmm. However... If the world were to run by my conduct, then it would be very, very boring and very, very restrictive. Yeah. And that's what the government's all about is a bunch of people fighting over who should conduct themselves in what manner. It's true. Uh, So the law prevents them with a perverse choice, says – I believe this is – I'm not sure who this is. Himmel, maybe? Yeah, Himmel, the judge. Uh, In part of her 131-page ruling here, uh, she says the law presents them with a perverse choice. The applicants can safeguard their security, but only at the expense of another's liberty. Many prostitutes already work out of their homes, and complaints about nuisances arising from indoor prostitution are rare, said Himmel. And that's true. The problem prostitutes are the ones that are on the streets that are, you know, uh, loitering on people's property and... Heckling people and yeah. saying, hey, come on over here, honey, or whatever it is that they say. And that that would likely not be as popular. What do they, what do they say, Sean? I don't know. I've never hired a prostitute. I don't want to hear this. Uh, so that, that sort of behavior would not be as popular in the absence of prostitution laws. The reason why you have women that are on the streets uh, like that is usually because, well, first of all, the war on drugs is also a factor because a lot of the women that are street-level prostitutes are drug addicts. And so they are just out there hooking themselves for the purposes of making the money to uh, basically buy their next hit of crack cocaine. If you've got uh, legal prostitution, it can all be done indoors. They don't have to worry uh, about advertising to people on the street. They can advertise in other ways, much more public ways, and get the kind of business that they need to. Of course, legalizing drugs would also go a long when way toward newspaper- cleaning it up by, as well. By the way, newspaper classified sections have huge sections on personals that are uh, aimed at uh, you know escort services and things like that. This is already going on today, people. It's oh, sure. going on just beneath the surface. While a somewhat similar legal challenge to the criminal code's prostitution provisions was dismissed by the Supreme Court of Canada in 1990, Young said the stage was set for reconsidering the issues when sex workers began disappearing from Vancouver's downtown east side and pig farmer Robert Picton was charged with their murders. In 2002, when they began digging up bodies on the pig farm, he said, it became obvious to every Canadian that it's very dangerous for sex workers to be on the streets. 
Young suggested the decision could open the door to a new election issue as Toronto and other municipalities consider whether to follow the leads of New Zealand, Germany, and the Netherlands and part of Australia and Nevada and introduce municipality-based licensing of prostitution. Scott said sex workers want to work with municipalities and be responsible business owners and neighbors, and citizens shouldn't worry about a brothel opening up next door, she added. Uh, that uh, there's no reason to be afraid. Lightning bolts won't hit the sidewalk, and there won't be frogs all over. Indeed, there's not right now. People are hooking now. They're prostitution, uh, prostituting themselves now. It's just that it'll make the johns and the prostitutes safer. Well, I think that if they are going to uh, run a business out of their house, they need to be conscious of uh, you know what you know, parking and things like that. Uh, you know, for, for their neighbors, that's that's going to be a huge issue. Sure, sure. Well, that, those things are being done right now. People are running brothels out of their own homes. Oh, sure. That's, what are you going to do? How would you even know if your neighbor's doing such a thing? You wouldn't know. You'd just see traffic coming and going. Mm-hmm. So you'd, it would have to be just word of mouth. She has visitors. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sleepovers. That's all. They're just having sleepovers. Yeah, sleepovers. They don't stay that long, Ian. Uh, <laughs> well, it depends on who's buying, I suppose. I suppose it does. Uh, so we go to your phone calls. You can take control of the airwaves. It's just... Uh, it would. It'd be great to see something like this happen uh, in the United States. I don't think that we're even close to something like that happening here, though. Uh, so first, we got a Reverend Peel listening in Medville, Pennsylvania. Reverend Peel, you're on Free Talk Live. Uh, yes, sir. I see you're... Uh, are you for these brothels, sir? Am I for the brothels? I'm for the freedom of doing business with whomever you would like, in whatever way you'd like. Well, sir, this strictly says in the Bible this is against code here. Against code? <laughs> are you... Which code? Which code? <laughs> well, it depends on what you do with the the, the prostitute. Which, which code are you talking about? The biblical code of humankind. You sound like you're against it. Uh, I yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not a real biblical you kind of the guy. Bible, sir. Uh, what? You follow the Bible, sir. I used to be a Christian. Uh, I was a Presbyterian when I was a kid. I do not follow the Bible. However, I believe it's a book that was written by man to control other men. Yeah, I pray for your health, then, sir. Well, my health is is doing pretty well. I'm I'm all right. I'm you know thirty. You and God, healthy. Do you think? Comes, wait a once second. Once the rapture comes, sir, whose side are you going to be on? R- Reverend, um, <laughs> does God hurt people that uh, that that um, don't read the Bible? No, he doesn't. But he might hurt people that preach preach about brothels and obscenity, sir. Well, if if God's so concerned about it, why I, I've just I've always wondered about this. Why doesn't He make it more clear for people? Because you know the the Bible is this two thousand year old document, actually uh, up to three thousand year old document, full of uh, inconsistencies, contradictions, things that uh, are difficult to for me to believe. And then that's the only thing. Actually, the Bible wasn't put in, put together until three hundred fifty years after the birth of Christ, which I find another thing that's very uh, interesting. The the fact that Jesus's name is is really uh, a mistranslation. Uh, so they've got the name of the the main character wrong in the book. You know, all these things really I, I find to be very difficult uh, to to take a, at face value. Why doesn't God just send down an angel and say, hey, this is the way things are? I did hear a click. Reverend Peel, are you still there? Oh, that's a shame. Because I wanted to ask him, what would Jesus do to a prostitute? In fact, didn't he meet a prostitute at one point? I think he told her to go and send no more. Hmm. But he didn't call men with badges and guns or clubs, I guess, at that time. Uh, He he didn't call men with violence, you know, to use violence on her by putting her in a a cage. Uh, No, they were trying to do that, though. They They were trying to stone her. But Jesus didn't want that to happen. Right. He stopped that from happening. Right. Right. So, so, So even though Jesus may not have agreed with what the prostitute was doing, 
he also didn't agree with the idea of putting her in a cage or stoning her. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Yeah. Hmm. Maybe Reverend Peel and his ilk out there, the people that uh, believe as he do, uh, as he does, should take a closer look at the man that they worship and actually take a look at, uh, at how he behaved toward the people that he disagreed with. Maybe they should try to emulate. Wait a minute. Isn't that what being a Christian is supposed to be all about is emulating Christ? Being huh. Christ-like? Yeah. Am I wrong about that? No, no, that's, that's pretty I accurate. believe that's what, what they're supposed to be doing. Huh. I've yet to meet too many that do. You know, since we're on the topic, I've got a, a related story about how it's atheists and agnostics that know more about Christianity and religion, organized religion than people who are within those religions. Let's talk about that coming up next. It's Free Talk Live, where you can bring up anything. In times of economic instability, precious metals are the best hedge against inflation and can be a great investment opportunity. Bullion Investment Corporation is the gold standard in precious metal acquisition. Whether you're in the market for gold, silver, platinum, or palladium, you can leverage up to 400% by taking advantage of the Purchase Power Program. And don't forget about the low price guarantee. BIC will meet or beat the price of any other broker. Bullion Investment Corporation, proudly serving our clients for over 25 years. For more information, call Bullion Investment Corporation now at 1-888-486-1275 or visit goldbullion.net. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves if you dial in toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us online at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features on a site free. Head on over there and get interactive. Uh, And by the way, if you want to support Free Talk Live, maybe you appreciate that the site is given to you for free. Well, you can voluntarily support us for as little as three bucks a month. That's all that uh, we ask. And we're just asking. Uh, You can go to amp.freetalklive.com to get signed up, as have done hundreds of our listeners. And uh, that three bucks a month makes a difference for us because the more people that send in three bucks a month, the more we have to promote the show. That money is reinvested into Free Talk Live. We take it, uh, we use it on things like uh, buying ads to reach out to the radio uh, industry folks to get on more radio stations. We're going next week, actually, at this time. Uh, we're not going to be here. Well, we, as in Mark and myself, we're going to be heading out to Los Angeles for a talk radio convention. We'll be schmoozing it up with the big wigs. And I think, uh, Sean, you, if you're going to come in, uh, and Sam and Wayne are actually going to be on the show Sounds on like fun. Thursday night. Following that, uh, Dale is in charge. I'm not sure who else he's bringing in. And then that Saturday, uh, Gardner Goldsmith and Stephanie are going to be in, too. Uh, oh, to that'll host. be a good show. So, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, in our absence, we like to keep the show going and keep you receiving receiving live content every single night of the week. So thanks to all of our great co-hosts for coming in, and thanks to our Free Talk Live amplifiers for making it possible for us to go out and, as I say, schmooze it up with the bigwigs in talk radio so we can be seen uh, with the other doers in the business. And then, actually, that same weekend, because Libertopia is happening, which is going on nearby the talk radio convention, we'll be stopping by Libertopia for at least a few hours, because we've got some time to kill uh, on Saturday afternoon, and we've got some media passes. And so if you're going to be out in uh, in L.A. and uh, next weekend on Saturday, uh, we'll be at Libertopia for a little while, too. So that's kind of cool. 
While you're out there, say hi to Stefan Molyneux for me. I hear he's giving a keynote speech out there. He's going to be there. Uh, Mark Stevens is going to be there uh, from markstevens.net. Ernie Hancock's going to be out there. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. So uh, you can go to amp.freetalklive.com if you'd like to become a Free Talk Live amplifier. And you can use any major credit card or PayPal or some alternative options. And you'll get perks like access to the amp-only call-in lines, amp-only forum, podcast, and more. Get signed up amp.freetalklive.com. Well, while we're doing thank yous, uh, thanks to all the sponsors, uh, you know, that that bring us uh, Free Talk Live. If if it wasn't for them, then, you know, the the show wouldn't be here. One of the big ones, uh, SACL CAI, Jason Osborne. If you need anything that has to do with, uh, well, telephony, uh, making telephone calls to anybody in the nation, it's SACL CAI is the answer for you. Go go see their banner at freetalklive.com. It's top one on the right-hand side of the page. All right. Uh, Actually, I think we've got Reverend Peel back on the line. Uh, calling from Pennsylvania. Are you there? Reverend Peel? Yes, sir. Hey, so t- before I ask you the question about Jesus and the prostitute, because you'd called to suggest that uh, prostitution was bad and uh, so on and so forth, what's your history, Reverend Peel? Where are you from? What, what church are you from? Uh, what's the do- denomination, etc.? This has nothing to do with all that there. Uh, I see. About. See, I didn't think you were a real reverend. You sounded like a fake to me. What I am talking about is that you are for these brothels. I am for freedom and for allowing people to freedom. to make their own decisions about what they want to do for a living. The, the spreading disease. Uh, are, you, no. are you fine with a homosexual brothel, sir? I'm fine with whoever wants to have sex and pay for sex or whatever they want to do. And no, it's not true that brothels spread disease, sir. It's uh, If there's diseases being spread, it's because brothels are prohibited. Actually, if you go to Nevada and you take a look at the legal brothels they have there, uh, they're actually really, really clean. And the women that are working there are also very clean. I don't believe in all that there. Yeah, well, well that's you because you haven't I would, you haven't looked into it. Would, well, nobody would want to go look at evidence or anything. So I don't really believe you're a, a real reverend, and since you don't want to provide us with any evidence of that, uh, I'll give you one more chance. Thanks, like for, the, keep my thanks for the call. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. That's the if sickle. that was a real reverend, God wouldn't have let that phone call drop. <laughs> exactly. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, so let's talk about religion here, shall we, since we're on the topic. According to the Los Angeles Times, if you want to know about God, you might want to talk to an atheist. And I believe we have one in the studio here. I do believe we do. Unfortunately, I tend to buck this trend. I don't know as much as uh, you don't. as many other people. Were you ever a religious uh, person? I Sean. think I went to a couple of Catholic masses with my grandmother, and I so believe nothing, I was baptized. So nothing point. significant. You never went to uh, like I did. I went to a Christian camp for a number of years. No, uh, not a not me. attending a church on any sort of a semi regular basis. No, it was not a big thing in my family. Gotcha. Well, for me, it wasn't a big thing. At least I wouldn't consider it a big thing compared to some of the people that I knew uh, in my life. Like the like my parents never had anything more than the Bible on the shelf. Like there weren't a bunch of religious books in the home. Uh, I mean, they had a book. They had bookshelves full of books, but it was mostly sci-fi for my dad, and I don't know what the heck my mom had uh, on there. So, not a bunch of religious texts or anything like that. You didn't go into the bathroom and have Jesus quotes hanging on the wall. You know what I'm talking about? There are people that have. Yeah, this. I, I, I've been in, in in place in houses like that. And <laughs> Those we, are good we, luck We charms. did have the family Bible, and occasionally we'd get into a religious discussion and have to dust it off a little bit and see what it said. But other than that. Not too much in the way of religion. 
So according to the L.A. Times, uh, it's the atheists that know what they're talking about when it comes to religion. Heresy, they ask? Well, perhaps. But a survey that measured Americans' knowledge of religion found that atheists and agnostics knew more on average than followers of most major faiths. I find this to be uh, really true. (laughs) Yeah. In fact, the gaps in knowledge among some of the faithful may give new meaning to the term blind faith. A majority of Protestants, for instance, couldn't identify Martin Luther as the driving force behind the Protestant Reformation, according to the survey released Tuesday by the Pew Forum on Religion and Public Life. Four out of ten Catholics misunderstood the meaning of their church's central ritual, incorrectly saying that the bread and wine used in Holy Communion are intended to merely symbolize the body and blood of Christ, not actually become them. I think that that's... Wars uh, were fought over that. Yeah, I think that that one's unfair. Um, Why? Be, well, because just because the Catholic b- b- ter- uh, Church believes in... I think it's transubligation or something. Transubstantiation. Is transubstantiation. Is that uh, when you're eating it, it becomes real? Is that the idea? I think... Oh, no, when the uh, the priest makes his little uh, magic symbol over it, that's when it becomes real. I see. Uh, whatever. It turns to the body and the blood of Christ. Uh, just, I mean, that's clear and obviously not true. Is that cannibalism? <laughs> Actually, could... I, I've heard pe- people have tried to make that legal argument as an anti-Catholic measure. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, uh, you know, the science could obviously uh, prove that this wasn't true, right? Um, you that could... it's not actually the body and blood of Christ, right? They could, they could have somebody, uh, you know, yep, it's go, grape juice. Go into the, the, their stomach and you know prove that once they've they've consumed it, that it doesn't turn into the uh, mm-hmm. into the body and the blood of anybody. And I think it's kind that they did. Wait, it's supposed to be after they consume it or after the the priest says something about it? Uh, one of the it. two, and uh, that I would see. handle both of those issues, right? Yeah, yeah sure it would. Sure. Did you get my my pun on on kime? You don't no, know what kime is. What the heck is that? Yeah, kime is uh, what uh, uh, what stuff the spice turns, in, t- turns into a, the, in your stomach. That's oh. the stuff in your stomach is, is called chyme. And I didn't expect you to get is that, is it. Is chyme like bile? For, for, no, it, it, it's, it's before bile. I don't know. I, I think bile is something that actually goes on in the, the pancreas. Hmm. Um, you know, like it's a, it's a fluid the body uh, produces. I see. But you know, for, for the kid who went to the, the really smart school, you're not. <laughs> it's so. just a government school, dude. <laughs> but it's the really smart government school. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, anyway, this one's clear and obvious n- nonsense. And just because the average, what four out of six, uh, Catholic, or four out of ten Catholics don't don't get that uh, that their church preaches absolute utter nonsense. This but is isn't that what they tell clear, them? Utter non- nonsense. Isn't that what they tell them in the church? Who pays attention to nonsense? <laughs> Atheists and agnostics, who uh, those who believe there is no God or aren't sure, were more likely to answer the survey's questions correctly. Jews and Mormons rank just below them in the survey's measurement of religious knowledge so close as to be statistically tied so why would an atheist know more about religion than a christian as though it weren't obvious uh american atheists and agnostics tend to be people who grew up in a religious tradition and consciously gave it up yes often after a great deal of reflection and study said alan cooperman associate director for research at the pew forum he said these are people who thought a lot about religion they're not indifferent they care about it Atheists and agnostics. Now, I, I, somebody sent me a book, and I've I've read a bit of it, and I haven't managed to make it all the way through. It's just I've got a bunch of books, as you can imagine. It's hard to get through them. I don't like to do the speed reading thing. Mm-hmm. I like to enjoy a, a book if I'm going to read it. And this one's called A Case for Christ. And it's actually somebody who did the opposite, who was a, an atheist and then looked at the evidence and actually be, became a Christian. Uh, it was mm-hmm. a newspaper uh, rep- reporter or something like that. And I just think it's, a, it's such a rare and it interesting uh, uh, situation. The case for Christ, you say? Yeah, I believe that's what it was. Mm-hmm. 
So atheists and agnostics also tend to be relatively well-educated, and the survey found, not surprisingly, that the most knowledgeable people were also the best educated. However, it's said that atheists and agnostics also outperformed believers who had a similar level of education. So just across the board, uh, atheists, regardless of their level of education, atheists and agnostics know more about religion than the religious. 1-800-259-9231. 1-800-259-9231. There's more detail to this. Uh, we'll get to uh, some of that here in a moment. Also, take your phone calls. You're welcome to dial in with your thoughts on this issue or anything you want. 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is on the way next. This is Free Talk Live. John Dennis, an accomplished businessman and entrepreneur, has been a pro-liberty Republican for a quarter century. He's the new face of a new Republican Party, and he's running for congressman of California's 8th District. I'm John Dennis, and I support drastically cutting both taxes and spending, which will help repair our devastated economy. Abolishing spendthrift governmental money pits that fail to produce the desired results. Bringing our troops home to defend our country, not policing other countries around the world. And a return to personal responsibility self-ownership, and freedom of choice for all Americans. Something John doesn't approve of? Nancy Pelosi. (laughs) It's time for the Wicked Witch of the West to go away. Wipe the slate clean in California's 8th District in Washington in one blow. Contribute to the John Dennis for 2010 campaign at johndennis2010.com. I'm John Dennis, and I approve this ad. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into the third hour of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Dial in toll-free. Take control of the airwaves. The number is 800-259-9231. And that number is brought to you by SACL CAI. Tonight, it's Ian. And Sean. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. We're going to get back to your calls here shortly to give you a little bit more information first about what we talked about in the last hour. If you're just tuning in, the LA Times reporting that, shocker, atheists and agnostics know more about religion than the religious. In fact, across the education spectrum, people that are atheists and agnostics that are you know, relatively uneducated as far as they didn't go to a lot of college, not that that means you're uneducated because you can always learn things on your own, uh, but that's what they're looking at when they talk about education. Right. right? When they talk about education, they mean having paid the government school system, yeah. mostly. So across the spectrum, people that are very educated through the system, people that aren't educated through the system, atheists and agnostics know more about religion than the religious do. And uh, so to, to atheists and agnostics, this is not a shocker of a story. This is, this is not surprising. It makes sense uh, because as the, the, the experts here in the story have pointed out from the Pew Center that did the study, atheists and agnostics usually weren't born that way. Well, I guess everybody's born an atheist uh, in, in that case, but they weren't raised that way. They, they, they went through a family upbringing that might have uh, indoctrinated them to a specific religion. Yeah, isn't it strange that uh, all these people that, uh, that uh, in general know whether they're Christian or Jewish or Muslim or whatever it is, they know what the, uh, actually Jews probably aren't a good example here, um, they know what the, the true religion is, and it happens to be the one they were born into. Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't God fair and just <laughs> uh so so yeah the atheists and agnostics were born into these same families but they took a look at their religious beliefs they analyzed their religious beliefs and they rejected them and to do that requires some 
accumulation of knowledge. It requires uh, one looking into one's, uh, one's belief system and learning about it in order to be able to uh, more accurately reject it. So back to the LA Times here for a little bit more detail. The groups at the top of the U.S. Religious Knowledge Survey were followed in order by white evangelical Protestants. Uh, by the way, we, the, the, what they didn't mention uh, in, in this section of the, the story is that Jews and Mormons were just below. So it's atheists, agnostics, Jews, Mormons, then it's evangelical Protestants, uh, white. I don't know why they're mentioning the the uh, race of uh, them, but uh, white Catholics, white mainline Protestants, people who are unaffiliated with any faith, but not atheist or agnostic, black Protestants and Latino Catholics, Muslims, Hindus and Buddhists were included in the survey, but their numbers were too small to be broken out as statistically significant. Stephen Protero, a professor of religion at Boston University and author of Religious Literacy, What Every American Needs to Know and Doesn't, served as an advisor of the survey. He says, I think in general the survey confirms what I argued in the book, which is that we know almost nothing about our own religions and even less about the religions of other people, he said. He said he found it significant that Mormons, who are not considered Christians by many fundamentalists, showed greater knowledge of the Bible than even the evangelical Christians did. The Reverend Adam Hamilton, a Methodist minister from Kansas and the author of When Christians Get It Wrong, said the survey's results may reflect a reluctance by many people to dig deeply into their own beliefs and especially into those of others. I think that what happens for many Christians is they accept their particular faith, they accept it to be true, and they stop examining it. Why should they, right? They're comfortable. They know what the truth is. They believe they're going to go to heaven or whatever. That's what Christianity sells, the truth. Consequently, because it's already accepted to be true, they don't examine other people's faiths. That, I think, he says, is not healthy for a person of any faith. The Pew survey was not without its bright spots for the devout. Eight in ten people surveyed knew that Mother Teresa was Catholic. Seven in ten knew that, according to the Bible, Moses led the exodus from Egypt and that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. (laughs) These pretty basic facts there or allegations the questions that elicited the most correct responses concerned whether public school teachers are allowed to lead their classes in prayer 89 percent of the respondents correctly said no however 67 percent also said that such teachers are not permitted to read from the bible as an example of literature something the law clearly allows sure for comparison purposes, the survey asked some questions about general knowledge, which yielded the scariest findings. Four percent of Americans believe that Stephen King, not Herman Melville, wrote Moby, Moby Dick. <laughs> <laughs> okay, you that know, is scary. I love some of that percent. stuff. <laughs> you know, they, they have to be Christmas tree, right? I mean... <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> I love those good old man on the street things. Yeah. Uh, you know, because they can reveal so Real much. America. They they really do. Um, well, the one that comes to mind was just one of my favorites was during the 2008 presidential campaign uh, for Barack Obama. Uh, Howard Stern says, sends one of his guys, oh, his, yeah. his lunatics, out on the I think street. We played the audio from that, didn't we? I think so. Out on the street to uh, to ask black people why they're voting for Barack Obama and what they would do is they would take his platforms on things like uh, you know uh, pro-choice uh, as far as abortion and turn it exactly around. Mm-hmm. They would say the exact opposite of what Barack Obama believes and then say, do you support Barack Obama's position on blah, 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 and then say the and position. And spit that out, yeah. And then say the exact opposite of what he believes and... The ones that they played, right? Right. The uh, you know these are these are this is just anecdotal. Um, it's it's not about you know what what is statistical or anything like that. But it's really fun to see. And oh, of course I support yeah, that. Absolutely. Look, yeah, Barack Obama's great. Whatever he says about uh, abortion or whatever uh, is, is true. So obviously 
it was clear and obvious what uh, the, these people that they showed were going to vote for Barack Obama or were interested in Barack Obama as a candidate because of his color, because they certainly didn't know a darn thing. They were asked several questions. Um, one, I remember one guy in particular, they showed, you know, he, he was just so animated on TV that he made for, for good television. They showed him answering several questions wrong. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just found it very, very amusing. And then, you, you know, you ask people, well, who's the vice president? They don't know. These same people have a vote, though. To the phones and the fun. Sean is in Indiana and you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sean and Mark. Hello, Sean. How are you guys doing? Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, well, I wanted to talk about yesterday. Uh, you guys had a police officer call in, and uh, he was kind of berating you guys for, you know, lumping the police together as, as all sort of, uh, you know, they're all kind of responsible for promoting the, the little bits that the supposed bad few do. Uh, and uh, what you guys really got into, though, was uh, kind of that uh, the police are treated differently when brought before the court. And uh, the police officer that called in was trying to uh, say that that's not true, that's not true. Uh, and I was hoping you guys would bring it up, but you didn't. On LouRockwell.com's blog, uh, he had a great video up there of this uh, jury selection uh, being done. And, uh, and uh, it has all these people on there being select uh being asked these questions uh, about police and uh, I've, I've like three or four of the jurors in the in the pool are all like yes uh i would believe a police officer over what anybody said mm. uh they're a pu- they're a public servant uh why would they have a why would they want to lie and so there's Jeez. this it, 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 it's obviously stating that and so uh it's just a, there's this mental uh wall that people put up when it comes to police, that for some reason they believe that, you know, with the idea of protecting and serving, that police are supposed to be there to, uh, that the police are always going to carry out their duties in the, I guess, most golden light. And so if, if anybody wants to, go ahead and watch this video. It's just ridiculous. What was uh, what was it called on the Rockwell's blog? Uh, it's uh, uh, the, uh, the Sheeple Jury or something like that. And, and within, the the last, video... within the last couple of days? Yeah, within the last couple of days, and uh, it's it, the video's name is uh, the Pastor Anderson Jury Trial uh, Vortivir, and it, it starts off what with uh, Twilight Zone music, and uh, and then goes into these questions, and it's it's just absolutely ridiculous. Wow, thank you for uh, for sharing that tonight. We did share at the beginning of this show uh, that. The, the story, this outrageous story that Mark brought up about a 15-year-old girl who was raped by a government bureaucrat. The government bureaucrat was given 10 years probation, and it was found that the government bureaucrat had raped multiple uh, teenage girls. And uh, so it was a good example of – well, a horrible example of um, how it is that the government bureaucrats get completely different treatment than – I mean, just not just the police, but government bureaucrats in general. It's their little club – and they get completely different treatment than the rest of us do. So thanks for bringing that up. I appreciate it. Anything else on your mind tonight? Uh, no, thank you very much. Thanks guys. for the call, I'm Sean. Good. Appreciate hearing from you at 800-259-9231. You can take control of the airwaves, bring up whatever's on your mind. The toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Speaking of Lou Rockwell, he says, prepare to be betrayed by whom? Who would, who would betray you? Well, Any politician? Yeah, probably. We'll give you the details on what he's talking about here, and your calls are welcome. You take control of the airwaves at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. 
MemoryDealers.com offers the world's largest selection of discounted optical transceivers, including SFPs, GBICs, XFPs, Zimpax, and X2s, that are 100% compatible with all major networking equipment manufacturers, including Cisco, 3Com, Foundry, Alcatel, and HP, at up to 99% off list price. Memory Dealers can also offer customized solutions for your transceiver requirements, including private labeling. Memory Dealers is your trusted source for all your networking and telecom accessory needs, in stock and ready to ship via overnight delivery. MemoryDealers.com. This is Free Talk Live. You are invited to take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. You can take control here. 800-259-9231. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. Listening options, we've got them. Live streams around the clock. You can listen to the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Uh, If we're live, you'll hear that. But afterwards, uh, you'll get the same episode repeated over and over again. So you can listen in any old time you want at listen.freetalklive.com. You'll find broadband and dial-up versions of the stream. So maybe you are on your mobile phone, but you don't have the best connectivity. You might want to use the dial-up stream in that particular case. Uh, Or if you've got the broadband phone connections, and go with the broadband stream. And if you don't have any internet access, well, you can still listen on your phone because we've got listen lines that will actually allow you to call from any phone that can dial long distance. Plus, of course, you can get details on our 80 80 or so uh, radio affiliates across the country and our satellite channel that will allow you to listen in that way. Now, you should know that even though all those options, those listening options are brought to you free of charge, QualityRental.com is uh, on board bringing them to you. Yeah, somebody's got to bring it to you. And <laughs> Jim Frechette over there at Quality Rental is such a big supporter of Free Talk Live. He, he wanted to do something special for the listeners, and that's Listen.FreeTalkLive.com. So if you are in the southern New England area or having some event in the southern England New Area, it doesn't matter whether it's a party, a wedding, a barbecue, church gathering, or whatever, it is use qualityrental.com they they can handle the the chairs the tents all those things that go into the uh the rental business you can check them out at qualityrental.com so lou rockwell man we've had actually here in the studio within recent weeks as uh, well he's got his own website and it's the most popular liberty oriented website on the internet so which is a heck of a claim and it's a true claim from what i understand uh lourockwell.com great place to go for liberty oriented opinion and the occasional piece of news uh via his blog this from lou rockwell himself prepare to be betrayed he says it's another revolutionary season in american politics with voters preparing to do everything they can within the structure of the law to throw out the bad guys and the bad system they represent the focus is on this amorphous thing called the Tea Party, which embodies a huge range of political impulses from libertarian all the way to authoritarian, united under the common belief that everything is going wrong in Washington with a common goal of upending the status quo. Now, where was the Tea Party when George Bush was in office? That's what I'd like to know. And what was, the, well, what was so different? We didn't need a Tea Party. We had Republicans in power, and they never do anything wrong. Right? But, but really, from my perspective, I don't really see anything significant that has changed. Okay, yeah, they got the health care thing with Barack Obama. But what else? There's nothing really that's any significant uh, of any significant difference between the two. Barack Obama is George Bush the third. 
Anyway, yeah. that's just one of my critiques of the Tea Party. You don't see it that way if you're a Republican, though. Yeah. You know, generally. Yeah. That, well, they, the Republicans don't see what the Republicans well, do. They don't they, see right. what the, the, their elected Republicans it. are doing. What they're, they don't, <laughs> you know, they, and many Republicans are saying that George Bush, now they're saying George Bush was a bad choice. Oh, are and, they? and comparatively, if you're comparing uh, your, your, your cancers, uh, yeah, Barack Obama spent a lot more money than George Bush has. Uh, you know, there's no president that's uh, spent as much money in, in history. So. I can see the the point on that, but at the same time, it's kind of disingenuous when George Bush had spent more money than any president prior to him. Is is that true that Barack Obama has spent in two years more than George Bush in eight? I don't believe I that. Something like something like that. I would I mean, check your facts on there's that. There's some one. superlative that's uh, all mixed up. Maybe in he that. spent more in two years than George, George Bush, Bush spent in two years. years. I, I find it hard to believe he spent more in two years than Bush spent in eight years. Um, well, there, there, there's always the fact that. Now there's more money than there was at any other time in the That's past. That's true. So you have to adjust for inflation, which so. we don't really even know what those numbers are because the government's inflation numbers are not actually uh, accurate. Anyway, back to Lou. He says, uh, so there's this Tea Party thing with this huge range of beliefs. The common goal, though, apparently, is that everything's wrong in Washington with a common goal of upending the status quo. Candidates that the Republican Party doesn't like are making big inroads to the party structure and quite possibly the election itself. And that's fun to watch, says Lou. The wind at their backs is the spectacular but wholly predictable failure of the Obama administration's economic witchcraft. Trillions and trillions created and spent, yet the suffering endures. The health care bill is also a source of American public anger. People are not deceived into believing that whatever reforms we're getting are going to fix the problems of the current system. They will make them worse. As it is, the freedom remaining in the system is the only reason the system serves us at all. Take that away, and you take away a lifeline. The revolt, then, is in high gear, and it's not the first time and won't be the last. The governed have been long very unhappy about the government, and they periodically wake up and seek to change it. It's been some 16 years since the last go-around of such revolutionary sentiment, and it's arguably stronger today than it was back in 1994. The good aspects of this have nothing to do with political outcomes, despite what people believe. The political environment focuses the mind on important issues like freedom, economics, culture, power, and its uses, and the role of the state. As they debate with their neighbors, follow election coverage, listen to the candidates, and watch the process, people learn and study and, most importantly, think and rethink. If you begin with a skeptical attitude toward the government, watching and thinking can lead to a radicalization as happened with many of the folks, for instance, during uh, 2008 and uh, the Ron Paul campaign. Ron Paul caught a lot of people off, you know, somewhat off guard with his r- relatively radical in comparison to the rest of the uh, the candidates. Yeah, he was radical compared to the other Republicans, uh, that's for sure. Viewpoint on freedom, and Ron Paul brought people on, you know, board with liberty from both the left and the right. So, yeah, people are definitely uh, thinking, and uh, that's why I, I believe that involving oneself in the political process as icky as it might be, is still valuable because people are paying attention. And we don't want to leave those folks behind either. So uh, he points out that, uh, so yeah, people are going to start to think. That can lead to radicalization and ultimately the embrace of a consistent opposition to government involvement. This is why election season always ends up creating a huge flood of new libertarians who buy books, feel inspiration to get active, perhaps for the first time, and dedicate themselves to reducing the power of the state in whatever way they can. If American politics can be said to contribute anything to American culture, it is this educational aspect that stands out. The elections focus the mind and lead people to new consciousness. Ideally, that consciousness would dawn without politicians and elections and all the apparatus of the season. 
And yet people are busy in normal times. They're dealing with regular life, you know, getting the bills paid, that kind of thing. It's the very urgency of the election that gives rise to the concern in the first place. You might as well know right now, however, that the Tea Party, no matter how successful it is at the polls in November, will certainly betray the Party of Liberty. There are several reasons for this, but fundamentally, one of them is intellectual. The Tea Party doesn't have a coherent view of liberty. Its activists tend to be good on specific economic issues like taxes, spending, stimulus, and health care. They worry about government intervention in these areas and can talk a good game. But just as with old-time conservatives, there are, as ma- there are many issues on which the Tea Party tends toward inconsistency. The military and the issue of war is a major one. Many have brought in or bought into the line that the greatest threat this country faces domestically is the ad- influx of adherence of Islam. In international politics, they tend to favor belligerence toward any regime that's not a captive of U.S. political control. All at the same time, I might add, by, when they talk about lower taxes. Yeah. They want lower taxes, more war, uh, and a wall uh, to keep us from the Mexicans. It's a huge disconnect. Huge disconnect. And uh, there's actually going to be, I I think there's some tea parties coming up. I know there's going to be one in Keene. uh, So maybe we'll see some of the liberty activists go out there. One of the the nice things about the the Keene tea parties is they actually have an open mic. I don't know how many of the tea parties allow for that. Obviously, I've not been to very many. uh, But that's kind of cool because then the, the real radical liberty folks can get up and and talk. 800-259-9231. More on Lou Rockwell, uh, his thoughts about the Tea Parties and how they're, well, you should expect to be betrayed if you're one of the Tea Partiers. It's Free Talk Live. Hey, everybody. Scott Horton here for FreedomCam.net. From coast to coast, the increasingly militarized American police state has grown out of control. Peace officers have become law enforcement. The old doctrines of minimal force have fallen by the wayside. Cops are now trained to use overwhelming force in virtually every situation, resulting in an epidemic of police brutality across our society. I say fight back while you still can. Film the cops and put it on YouTube. A critical mass of police brutality videos is being assembled online, and a change is going to come. Police perjury is no match for instant replay. Freedomcam.net offers discreet video cameras to help you avoid confiscation while checking power and protecting yourself. Freedomcam.net. This is Free Talk Live, and you can take control of the airwaves. Dial in toll-free, bring up whatever's on your mind. 800-259-9231, 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Hey, we've got news updates. You want to be kept in the loop with what's going on with Free Talk Live? Go and get signed up over at news.freetalklive.com. There you'll find our email updates list. We've got Twitter and Facebook. So get on whichever delivery method works best for you. News.freetalklive.com. Hey, are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? tired of the oppressive state intruding into your business and personal life and do you understand that the tea parties are not the solution well if you knew that thousands of liberty loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active would you join them you can just join the free state project at freestateproject.org that's freestateproject.org back to lourockwell.com then to your phone calls lou rockwell is talking about talking to the people that might be suckered in by these tea party folks 
and their message of apparently lower taxes sounds a lot like what happened back in the uh, the mid-1990s when the Republicans uh, were, were getting elected on their similar-sounding promises. They about, got me on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I was all for that contract with America. I was getting my imprimis. Uh, you even signed the contract, huh? What's that? You signed the contract, did you? I did not. You so, didn't. Okay. Yeah. So it really wasn't a contract. So it wasn't a contract if I didn't sign it? Right. Well, they were signing a contract with America. Ah. It's like the Constitution. <laughs> they sign it and then it's contract, right? No. No, it doesn't work that way. Not how contracts work. You typically have to have offer and acceptance and a few other different things in order to have a, a valid contract. Well, so, I, vote, I, I rooted for them. Consideration. What is it? Offer, acceptance, uh, consideration. I'm not There's a lawyer. Some other, I'm sorry. Some other stuff. Yeah, course, anyway. Uh, wouldn't a contract with America be enforceable? So can't we go after these people? For <laughs> They're liable, right? <laughs> Michael Badnarik, when he ran for, I think it was Texas, uh, some some position in Texas. I think it was a House of Representatives, U.S. House of Representatives position in, in in Texas. Actually, tried to put together a contract. He made he made an effort and. You know, I thought it was a, I, th- I thought it was an interesting uh, ploy in order to get elected. It, it didn't work because he ran as a libertarian, unfortunately. But you know, it was it was it was neat. It was uh, it was unique. So let's continue with uh, LouRockwell.com. Lou himself writing this one. He uh, points out that these Tea Partiers are very inconsistent. They say one thing about smaller taxes, and then on the uh, the next breath, they're talking about a huge military going around the world killing people because they have a particular religion they don't like. That's what they do, militaries. But uh, but we're not going to pay for the military with taxes. We're going to just print that. <laughs> Which is actually a hidden tax, because when you print, uh, it essentially steals money from people that have the existing dollars that you know are in their pockets or in their bank accounts. In fact, in many cases, they don't even have to print it. They just increment numbers in a computer somewhere. On immigration, the Tea Party ethos favors uh, national ID and draconian impositions on businesses rather than market solutions like cutting welfare. On social and cultural issues, they can be as confused as the Christian right, believing that it's the job of the government to right all wrongs and to punish sin. Now, this doesn't describe them all. A poll taken last spring divides the activists with the Tea Parties into two camps, Palin and Paul. Both groups are mad as heck at the mainstream Republican Party, but only the Paul camp has broadened that anger to the government generally. Such are the philosophical problems, just as telling are the structural problems in politics that lead all political candidates toward the center as a matter of maximizing votes. It's always the same. They count on their base to show up and vote for them, however reluctantly. It's the voters in the middle who get their attention. That's why all candidates tend to water down their positions after the primaries that and to get funding from the corporatists allied with both parties. The larger problem... Sounds right. The larger problem occurs once they take office. Here's where the serious problems begin. They are leaned on by their new colleagues, the party elites, related financial interests, the press, and the entire system of which they are now a part. Are they going to make themselves enemies of that system? Or are they going to work within the system in order to achieve reform and not just for one term but more terms down the line? Doing a good job means being part of the structure. Doing a bad job means being an enemy of the very system they now serve. Which choice do they make? The same choice that everyone else in office makes. Ron Paul being the lone exception in all of human history. It's for this reason. <laughs> That's a heck of a claim, huh? It's for this reason that the newly seated revolutionary politicians will betray those who put them in power. It happens like clockwork, same as day turns to night. You know, you always imagine that if this was you, 
that you finally got into one of these seats of power that you would somehow do differently you know mm. that you would be the uh the, the the lone ideologue that would would try to do it the right way and then you'd find if you wanted to get something done instead of just you know they call ron paul dr no i mean when was the last time he had a law that got passed that's a good question i don't know about that it's unfortunate but nobody sides with him right Occasionally because, they do. Barney Frank, I think, joined up with them on a medical, some sort of medical marijuana or marijuana provision. Occasionally, the uh, the the guy that there's also that other guy that's against war, uh, the Democrat guy, the uh, Kucinich. Uh, Kucinich. Um, the other guy who's against war. There's like three of them. Five hundred thirty-five <laughs> Congress critters. Not very and, many of them are against war. Three of no. them against war. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they get their campaigns are financed by uh, the military industrial complex. So of course, you know. Um, obviously it's good to be that ideologue and i'm all for people that say no but as lou's pointing out here it's not like ron paul's getting a lot of stuff passed so some good can still come out of the results if only because former ideologues can serve as some resistance to really bad policy the new congress that was seated after the 1994 election certainly curbed the ambitions of the clinton administration for a time but avoiding greater evil is not the same as doing good we can state with confidence, all else being equal, that even the best electoral outcome will not lead to actual cuts in the power of government over our lives. That doesn't mean it's all for naught. That's well, certainly true in on the U.S. level. I'm, I'm going to go for that. I, I don't know that uh, that you can make that statement uh, out of out of hand on sort of a state level, uh, especially if you have something like the Free State Project going on. Yeah, he's definitely talking about uh, you know federal here. That doesn't mean that it's all for naught. What will change... What will change the prospects for freedom in this country is a growing and society-wide awareness of the issue of freedom That's and true. the role of the state in wrecking that freedom and the civilization to which it gives rise. Lou Rockwell over at LouRockwell.com. We go to your phone calls about what you want. Steve is in Missouri. Steve, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian, Sean, and Mark. Steve? Hey, hey how's it going? Hey, what's on your mind tonight, Steve? Uh, I, I want to know more about this Free State Project. I mean, you guys talk about this day in and day out. But you don't really talk about what the Free State Project is. We okay. don't. I mean, from my perspective, it sounds like it's basically a big ad for New Hampshire. Like, come to our state. Well, no, it's an I mean, ad. To, it's an that, ad to get uh, liberty-minded people to come to New Hampshire. If right. you believe in statism, uh, if you believe that government's going to solve problems, I don't want you to come to New Hampshire. So it's it's the you can idea believe is to get that the uh, New Hampshire Chamber of Commerce is not sponsoring this show. They are are, are not. <laughs> they don't think that uh, you know Free Talk Live is necessarily the the greatest venue for for bringing people to the state because uh, well you know what the stated goal of the Free State Project is is to bring twenty thousand liberty loving individuals to New Hampshire in order to make the government uh, you know to keep the the size of the government or shrink the size of the government to only protecting life liberty and property. Yeah, I don't. Does that that sound like something in the government. I mean, and do you think that the the government is that the New Hampshire government is actually going to be on board with that? Oh, I don't suspect that uh, the people in uh, the people in the government, especially ones that uh, are into the idea of growing the government, are very no, excited about that. No, we're a idea. threat to the we're the the activists here, the liberty loving activists that have moved here as part of the Free State Project, are clear threat to the uh, the status quo and the people that are uh, that are in the government and their jobs and their their pensions. So, no, I don't imagine very okay, many. Of them are so, too why happy. New Hampshire? 
Why do you think that's a great question? You can go to uh, freestateproject.org, and there are 101 reasons to uh, to make the move to New Hampshire there. In the beginning of the Free State Project, it was an idea that was positioned or posited on uh, an Internet forum somewhere, and I think it was a discussion group of some sort, and it started to catch fire. People started joining up, and there were 10 states in the very beginning, 10 candidate states, all with less than 1.5 million population. And uh, after the Free State Project reached... 20, was it five thousand? Yeah, it was twenty. It was five thousand members. After five thousand people signed up, they had a vote. So until that point, we didn't know what the state was. At five thousand, there was a vote, and everybody that uh, was a member received a packet of information. We'll continue telling you about this in a moment. So hang on. More with Steve and your thoughts as well. A little it's bit. A great more. call. We we, yeah. we get so caught up in talking about the Free State Project that we forget to explain the very basics of it. To people. Well, we can't always tell the history of no, the project. No, uh, 800-259-9231. But since we've been asked, we will explain here in moments. Uh, how did this all come about? Why New Hampshire? 1-800-259-9231. You can take control. and Maybe you are a free stater and you want to answer. Free Talk Live. American patriots, would you like to spend a day or two with other freedom-loving Americans? Learn rifle marksmanship while hearing the real story behind the American Revolution? If you said yes, then the Appleseed Program is for you. Part shooting school, part oral history lesson, Appleseed has trained thousands of Americans nationwide. And with hundreds of shoots scheduled this year, you can be sure there's one near you. For more information, go to AppleseedInfo.org. That's AppleseedInfo.org. This is Free Talk Live. Moments remain. Maybe enough time for your call. You make it now. 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. We give you the features on the site free, so head over there. Enjoy those on us, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help the show out, you can do that. Uh, You can shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a portion of the proceeds. So you just start your shopping through amazon.freetalklive.com. Get whatever it is you're looking for. Uh, maybe it's a video game or a book or a, an office product or, you know, tool, baby stuff. You name it. They got it. Uh, dozens of categories at Amazon and new and used items. Free Super Saver shipping is available on a lot of their new stuff. Get your shopping done over at amazon.freetalklive.com. As we go back to the phones and the fun, Steve, in Missouri, call in to ask about the Free State Project. It's something we talk about a lot on the program, and for good reason. It's part of a big part of our lives. I mean, we all of us here made the move to New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project, but we don't always get a chance to really stop down and, and explain in detail why New Hampshire uh, and what's you know what's a little bit more about the Free State Project. And Steve, are you still with us? I am. All right. So uh, so as I was explaining, there were uh, ten candidate states. Alaska, Wyoming, Delaware, Vermont. Vermont. Rhode Island was exempted because of uh, corruption. Yeah. So the main uh, qualifier was that each state had to be under 1.5 million population. And then what happened was there was this vote. Once the Free State Project reached 5,000 participants, there was a vote. Everyone received a ballot. They received details about each state. So each state already had free staters that were living in it. And so those folks obviously didn't want to move. So it was kind of like their responsibility to pitch their state to the other members. And there's no doubt New Hampshire... The, uh, the activists that were in New Hampshire already did a kick-butt job of promoting New Hampshire. They came up with this 101 reasons to move to New Hampshire. The other state supporters didn't 
even come close. Not even close. Yeah. In in how they uh, how well they promoted their states and New Hampshire kind of I was already attracted to it initially anyway. So it was rated by the Mercatus Center as the freest state in the union back in two thousand and eight. So I mean, there's uh, you know there's good reason why it was chosen. Well, in this case, the vote happened in two thousand and three. That's Indeed, when the, but the vote I, went it down. It just gives an indication. But yeah, there's this uh, there's kind of a culture of liberty in New Hampshire in comparison to other places. The live free or die state. There's no state income really tax. Really cold there though. It is cold, and there's no. I'm uh, from Florida. Do you really do you really want to get into the cold conversation with me? Like you know maybe I'm <laughs> maybe maybe you're not willing to give up enough if you want to talk about it being cold. Right. So uh, so for me, I, no, to, to be fair, though, Steve, when I first heard New Hampshire and I voted number one for New Hampshire, by the way, that was when I because we actually when they did the vote, it was a Condorcet method where you vote in order of preference. And so that's how it's, so, so that's how they kind of calculated the votes. And New Hampshire won overwhelmingly. And my big objection before I joined the Free State Project, my objection was, man, it's going to be cold in a lot of those states. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to join the Free State Project. It's cold, and so I finally thought about it a little bit more. And it took me, you know, several months, maybe even a whole year, to really come around to the decision that I want to join this thing, because I realized that if I could be by join, in, you mean sign. Uh, there's not really a join. It's, it, you don't really join in the sense that you just. I'm pretty sign sure up. you click a button that says join when you go uh, to freestateproject.org. Right, but there's not, it's not a membership. It's very decentralized. There isn't a, a a chief that says, "All you little Liberty Indians, go do this." And yeah, there's nobody that's it. in charge of us, the activists. The well, you make a statement that says that, yeah, I agree yeah. with this. And right, the Free State Project just exists to make uh, to encourage liberty-minded people to make the move to New Hampshire. And over ten thousand. Well, I mean, I agree with I agree with the um, the tenants of you know. Great. So the reason why but, I but ended at the up same time, um, you know. I don't know that. I mean, what what do you really hope to accomplish with this? I mean, Liberty in our lifetime, of yeah, course. Let me, let me. Everybody hopes to accomplish something different. But here's what I hoped when I signed up is I hoped because uh, you know you're, what you're dealing with with government is every government in America gets bigger every year, right? Wouldn't it be amazing to see a government actually shrink by, oh, I don't know, 5% uh, every year for 10 years? It'd be an incredible feat, wouldn't it? So since 2003, when New Hampshire was named, you know, the home of the Free State Project, how much has the government shrinked well it hasn't even the free state project hasn't even started that was when new hampshire uh was was chosen there are a few people that have made the move there were a few people like hardcores that made the move immediately after that was chosen but most people haven't moved yet only a few hundred people have actually made the move at this point and we have well that's what i'm saying results talk yeah Yeah, results do talk remember to have results new hampshire I'd be more willing to move out there and, you know, and, and, and that's, join you guys. Sure, that's there. valid. It absolutely is. You know, sure. like if you want to wait until twenty thousand other people sign up and then they pick up and they move and then they make a free state for you to come and enjoy, that's cool, uh. man. There are but, people that'll be know, that way. Understand? Th- th- I mean, and that's what the vast majority of the population is. But understand that that doesn't make you a hero, right? Like, there's well, you I haven't. Guess, well, I guess the you haven't got I'm anything in the is pot. That, is that? Uh, Ian seems to, you know, say, oh, well, I, I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to be involved at all. Hmm, that's not true. I didn't I'm say an that. I'm I'm just going to kind of. No, 
you haven't know, been listening very carefully. from the entire thing. I don't think you've been listening yet, very carefully you know, because be recently we've had lengthy conversations. Steve, to, to Steve, Steve, I got to correct you, man. You haven't been listening. We've had lengthy conversations about voting in this uh, on this show, and I've made it pretty clear that I support uh, people voting in local elections. So I don't know what you're talking well, about. Why don't you vote? I do. He does vote. I just voted for Andrew Carroll. He doesn't vote on national. Uh, I, I thought I had heard you say that you don't vote at all. I don't he doesn't vote in, in, in national elections. Federal elections. Because he doesn't pay federal, federal income okay. tax. It doesn't make a difference whether I vote in federal elections. It makes a difference. It can make a difference here in a, in a New Hampshire election. So I'm sorry if you, if you misunderstood what uh, I said. Yeah, I didn't realize that's what you meant. So, uh, so there are a lot of people up here that are voting and working within the political system, and if you want to see evidence of success, even with a few hundred movers, uh, there already are four uh, Free State Project members that have been elected to the New Hampshire State Legislature. There are about Several a dozen that have, more. Uh, that won their primaries here most recently, and I suspect there's a good chance that they'll they'll uh, they'll make it all the way through the general. Yep. The, the New Hampshire Liberty Alliance is out there influencing the already existing legislators, uh, influencing them in a more pro-liberty direction. Uh, the knife uh, uh, that the, there was a, a knife piece of legislation that legalized all possession of all knives here in new hampshire that just happened this year so those are a few things also the the liberty activists have stopped uh things like seatbelt bills consistently they've stopped those from from coming the smoking about. bill but it came back what about cameras us. do you, have, you guys have cameras and in New Hampshire, mm, you uh, mean like like red light cameras? cameras? No, I don't. Not that I know of. I've never um, seen a stoplight camera in New Hampshire. Uh, they they don't they do not have the speeding cameras. That's yeah. for sure. So New Hampshire's already freer than Missouri. Uh, it's already freer than a lot of places. I agree. I and agree. I did hundreds that, of people yeah. are already here. Right. Over Check 10, out the Mercatus have... Center's study from 2008, and you will see the difference in the states. So, I mean, there's an immediate step up by moving to New Hampshire. It's just not huge. Right. And if you're willing to do something, if you're willing to help, if you're willing to get active, then you should get here sooner rather than later. If you'd want to sit sit back and wait it out and see if things change, you can guarantee your, I can guarantee you things are going to change. And as more active come here and they are every single week new people are moving to new hampshire uh that's only going to have a positive effect on the uh, the liberty scene here and there's a big scene there's everything from politics to civil disobedience it's all going on here in new hampshire it's the biggest most exciting liberty movement i've ever been a part of sean you've been here almost a year at this point was it the right move to make oh absolutely it it absolutely was uh, are they paying you to say that the the free state project are they paying you no this has been an incredibly difficult move i I it ended up breaking up my marriage and but it's still definitely worth it. Some of the, yeah, some of the sacrifices people are making in order to uh, to come up here are yeah, incredible. Obviously leaving, the people who are picking up and moving their lives are zealots. They're leaving their careers, <laughs> you they're know? leaving but families. It's over time it's going to get less and less so. I mean, and that's the nature of all frontier situations. Yeah. So I hope that answers your questions. Uh, we're short on time, but I thank you for the call tonight. And again, freestateproject.org, dot org, hundred and one reasons to move to New Hampshire are there and they're very persuasive. I mean, just even if there wasn't a free state project, the 101 reasons are pretty persuasive. But there's also this great movement of liberty activists that are coming here from all over the world. And that's pretty effing awesome in my book. I'm excited. I'm glad I'm here. And it's been a great four years that I've been here. I'm looking forward to the next, you know, I dozens. For me, the best thing about it, I would not live in New Hampshire if it wasn't for the Free State Project. There's no doubt in my mind. I'm not into the uh, the weather so much. And, you know, the, the nature's beautiful and stuff. But I, I liked my life the way it was. Um, but for me, the, the big deal is the hope. If you believe in liberty, there's actual here. hope here, yeah. not frustration. Robert's on the line in Louisiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Robert's. I, yes, sir. How y'all doing? I, I just want to ask you about the Liberty Forum. See, me, myself, if it is up to me, I would have moved, you know, last week. Mm-hmm. 
but I had to convince my wife, so I sure. think the Liberty Forum would be a good deal for that. Absolutely. You're talking about the once-a-year event that the Free State Project puts on in a hotel in Nashua where hundreds of liberty-minded people, many of whom are already living here in New Hampshire, get together, and they have a convention-style thing. And it's a great opportunity to bring up uh, family members who need to be convinced. Uh, they'll meet other people that are in their role. You know, she'll meet other uh, ladies that are in the liberty movement, and uh, what was it like for Laura, Mark? I mean, she came up to one of yeah, those. Yeah, she loves hanging out with the, the wives and things, and Stefan Molyneux's wife and her run yeah. around the town, had a great time. It made a big difference, so definitely go to freestateproject.org to learn more about the Liberty Forum. We're out of time tonight. We'll see you tomorrow night at freetalklive.com. This program is brought to you by freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com.